Blog Talk Radio. It is now time for your weekly football party. Live from the IMLD Home Studios. In its eighth season, this is In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your host, Jay Andre. Well, it's another interesting week in the NFL last weekend. Is there anyone available still to play tomorrow? I'm, I'm wondering uh, how many teams are going to be running out there with like half their squad. It's It's been an incredible two weeks in the league so far. Uh, and my picks are just ridiculously bad, but we'll get to that in a second. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you and for you live on a Saturday night, September the 26th, 2020. I'm Dre. He's Jay. NFL action once again coming up tomorrow. And Jay, I, I, again, the football party is starting and I'm sitting in the corner drinking some punch and just uh, angry at the world because, man, my picks just suck. I, I've had a real crappy first two weeks of the year and you beat me once again. I kind of predicted you getting uh, four of six from me last week, and, and so I, at least I got that right. Well, yeah, hey, you predicted something right. So give yourself, some, give yourself some credit, yeah. In, li- in light of all the in all the light of uh, recent events uh, that have been going on in the country lately, and uh, the way that the news is reporting things, I-, I found out today that the NFL players are mostly healthy. Mostly. <laughs> mostly healthy, yes. Well, I, I, technically that's true. The, most of the league is still <laughs> yes. active. Saquon Barkley is actually mostly healthy, other than he knew, blew out his knee. And, and Christian, yeah. So, so the, the, the terminology we're just gonna, right. We're just going to use mostly healthy now, as but but unable to play. Yeah, the, not healthy enough to actually participate in the games, but uh, the yeah. rest of his body is still good. He's still got good health. You, yeah, you had a rough week. Uh, I, I didn't feel like I had a very good week, but I got him where it counted, so I'm not going to complain. I didn't feel like I got a lot of. I didn't. I didn't sweat the picks this last week as much as I did in week one, where like my wins felt. My wins felt pretty clean. Um, in fact, I think you, you, you actually lucked out that the Bears missed a 50-yard field goal. Uh, otherwise, you would have gone 1-5 against me last week. Oh, man. Yeah, it's been a, a very strange year. Uh, it was an unbelievable week for underdogs last week. Uh, there was a lot of favorites that won the game and just decided not to cover the number, yeah. uh, which did not work out for, for me very well. And that worked out for me in a few spots. My one, and of course the one, the, the game that we uh, d- probably disagreed on the hardest, uh, the one that oh. took the biggest, was the one that you took the biggest fall on was the uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, easy over the Jets, mm-hmm. um, even without half their team. Right. That's the thing. Dropping players left and right and still just destroying the Jets. Just Yeah. Everyone, it didn't matter. Getting, you know, everyone's going to look at that that onside kick as the sort of best worst play of the week um, for Dallas. You know that, right. that 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 spinning onside kick that the 
Atlanta players just stood there, but you know, like they didn't know what to do with the ball. Like they're literally just four guys standing there staring down at it. And I think a lot of people would chalk that up as your worst play of the week. Um, I'm actually going to say that the worst play of the week happened in the San Francisco uh, Jets game, where the Jets third and thirty-one. I'm guessing a third and thirty-one conversion on a 55-yard run up the gut. And that was the moment where the Jets actually had the 49ers pinned back and the score was manageable. That was a big spread. And that was the backbreaker. Once I saw that the that the Niners converted on a on a third and thirty one third and thirty one with a fifty five yard Jarek McKinnon run, I, I I knew that your block was pretty much blown up. <laughs> that was that was it. That was the that was the backbreaker. Yeah, so I, I deserve all the the razzing, all the teasing, yeah. everything bad on our soundboard. I deserve to light them all up for for that terrible. So thing. you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Uh, all of it. I actually went back. I even texted you uh, about how I listen. I went back and I listened to the show. Usually on Sunday morning when I'm driving to work, I go back and I listen to the show from Saturday night when we made our picks to kind of refresh myself, get myself in the football mood. Um, and it's funny as you're making the pick of taking the jets, uh, I'm in the background going, no, no, don't do it. Don't, don't do it, man. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm begging you not to take the jets as your lock of the week. Cause you had, the, you, yeah. Yeah. you had, you had the big build up to that lock of the week and I could just feel it coming. And I'm just like, Oh, don't, don't do it, man. I, I, I felt bad for you. And, uh, and my lock looked bad for about a quarter, and then the Packers just went insane. So uh, thank God for the Aaron Jones show and the Aaron Rodgers show in Green Bay. I think they are number one offensively across the board in every category through two weeks. Yeah, is you know two weeks is a very small I, sample I, I size. I understand, but you know they you got to give them credit for doing what they're doing. So and they're um, mostly healthy. <laughs> mostly. Mostly. <laughs> Buzzword for the week is mostly healthy. Mostly, mostly healthy. Yeah, Green Bay. Green. Yeah, Green Bay. Easy win. Not a lot to take away from that game, uh, other than you know that that offense is just. They rolled up two division foes. I guess you can't ask for a much better start to the season. Yeah, you can only beat who's in front of you. We discussed that very much on this show, very often. Um, I wanted to go back very briefly to that uh, Niners Jets pick of mine. Oh, I'm sorry. I tried to get it out of the way for you, quick. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, I just I wanted to uh, bring up the uh, other terrible play of that game, which is to start the game off. Raheem Mostert home run from eighty yards, first play of the uh-huh. fucking game, first play yeah. of the game, and it's like, okay, yeah. this is just not gonna work out. For not me the at way all. you drew it up for. You know what though? If you're gonna lose, that's the way you lose, right? No, no backdoor covers, nothing cheap. You, you, you called your shot and you just straight up got beat. But but I was watching the injury updates come in during that game, and every other play, the Niners are losing yeah. another starter. And I'm like, okay, they're playing with a shell team out here. When are the Jets going to compete? And actually, no, it just, it just it never happened. You also said last week to look out for the Niners dominating the Jets and taking the ball over in Jets territory and how many times were they going to do that and set themselves up. And the answer with that uh, would be zero. The Niners yeah, started so, zero drives 
in Jets territory because they didn't need to. I was about to say, that is an even worse stat considering right. how badly they dominated this game, that they, were, they weren't just going on – they were just going on long drives. The Jets couldn't if stop they, anything. If the Niners would have started to drive at their own one, they would have had a Derrick Henry special <laughs> and they had a 99-yard touchdown run, I promise you. <laughs> Derrick McKinnon up the gut, 99 yards. That may have uh, been my worst pick ever, okay? I'm, yeah, we've I'm, had some bad ones. I mean, come on, this is I'm wearing years it. of picking games. Okay, all right. I am absolutely wearing that one. So yeah, yeah. I, I had yeah. had to make sure to go back to point that out too. No drives in Jets territory because it didn't matter. Because it didn't matter yeah. where they got the ball. Because the not, Jets not are just to, terrible. And not not to rub any salt in the wound for you, but just just a word of advice: it's not going to be easy to get locks of the week when you're putting up fives every week. Just saying. That's playing with fire. It worked in week that's one. Fire. <laughs> it did. That's playing with fire. I gotta pick the Ravens as my lock every week until they lose. I think maybe that's the only oh, way to uh, to work that. Yeah, out. yeah. I, you know, and I like I said, I sweated that Packers one a little bit because Detroit came out and got up fast on them, but the, yeah, the Packers they, they they shut that down really quick. Yeah, they're they're impressive. Uh, Aaron Rodgers specifically is impressive, and uh, I guess that's the the motivation of having the the kid draft pick sitting behind you is he's yeah. gonna go on a on a tour of burning down the entire league. Uh, Prove it to his management that you shouldn't have done that. Your mom's Does, probably still upset at that draft pick. Do we get? I don't know. I'm not looking at the schedule. You know, this you know, eight minutes, nine minutes into the show, but do we get a better Sunday night, Monday night combo like we're going to have this week? Can't possibly imagine. No, I, I when you can't think of one. I mean, the flex games might come into play with some of that, where they flex something in. But just from a straight up scheduling standpoint, to give us Packers, Saints, and Chiefs, Ravens. I mean. Just yeah. looking at look at the records from last year. I don't know if there's ever been a, a nighttime doubleheader with this many wins uh, from the previous year. When you talk about two 13-win teams on Sunday yeah. night, and then on Monday night the 12 and four World Champion Chiefs against the 14 and two Ravens. I mean that's just ridiculous. Uh, the only thing to sully the doubleheader is the fact that the Sunday night game will have both of the star wide receivers busy. That's the only thing that, that puts a damper on it. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that one. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. then, you know, about two hours from now, we'll get to that game. <laughs> so. Yeah. We're still catching up on last week, week two, another ugly week for me, the raw numbers for those of you wondering, that would, uh, as Jason already mentioned, that would be my second straight five win week. Uh, five and five, ten and one in week one, and five and eleven last week. Jason went seven and nine last week. So after two weeks, that puts me at ten wins, twenty-one losses, with one tie against the spread. And Jason at sixteen, fifteen and one. The six-game lead is not insurmountable after two weeks, of course. But when you're walking blind like I am and sort of feeling my way in the dark, uh, I don't know where I'm going to get those six wins exactly. But there's a long season to go. Are you under the Mariotti line? Oh, uh, what was the Mariotti? Was it 400 or 300? I forget. I think it was 400. I think, I think it was 400, and then Nelson's line was, was 300. That was the Nelson line. Because <laughs> he just – he was yeah, the master was, of the, uh, of the yeah. 3 and 11 week. I don't know oh, how he man, kept yeah, doing that. Yeah, it was a that. friend of ours in high school who I think finished one full season with us at like a 287 <laughs> yeah. or 286 win percentage. Like, right. he just would have – bet against his picks all year, you'd be retired. <laughs> uh, it was it was amazing. And, those were, uh, and, and the best part about that is those were straight-up picks. 
if I'm not mistaken. Were those straight up back then? I don't think we oh, were. Oh no, doing actually, high school. Point. High school would have been spread because that was ninety that we started. Oh no, we started. Oh, ninety, games, we started we picking straight up. Uh, we don't may think have, we were using the spreads by yeah, maybe by junior we, year. We may have. Yeah, we may yeah. have. I, I remember uh, starting the habit of buying the newspaper. If you remember yeah. what those are. That's right. We're all um, sitting around the lunch table with the newspaper. Mm-hmm. For Looking at the Sheridan. Don't online. know what that is. That's a a big <laughs> piece of foldable paper. That had the days before his news in it. Printed on there. Yeah, with ink. Yes. <laughs> We're dating ourselves badly again. Uh, we still get the newspaper delivered to our house on Sundays, believe it or not. Because so you're old. Because we, <laughs> we're old. Yeah, nobody uh, in their 30s or 20s is getting a, a newspaper delivered. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine. Uh, but the yeah, commercial uh, appeal thanks you. <laughs> it, it, that is indeed the uh, the Memphis uh, paper down here. You're, That's right. It, I do that at the top of my head too. Right. Well, you're familiar with the with the area. I am very, as we've discussed. So yeah, we uh, just another terrible week for me. I, that's all I can really think about. It's been another week of torture for me trying to to figure out things. And so I, I went on a, a bit of a soul searching mission trying to figure out what's been going on. I came up with a with a new metric. Um, if you oh if you'll indulge me a few minutes, I know. Um, I'll, I'll try not to be too long winded about it. Um, this metric is is I'm really curious to see how it turns out tomorrow, because this metric in week one would have went nine and three against the spread. I'm uh, or uh, actually ten and four. Against the spread, you you see me sitting here with my five wins in week one and week two. Yeah. Uh, this metric would have won ten games out of the four out, out of the uh, out of the sixteen uh, in week one against the spread. Um, but I can't rely on it completely because it fell back to earth last week. It only would have went seven and nine against the spread in week two. But it was which actually, I did with no metric. <laughs> there you go. But it was actually piggybacking off of what you were saying before the season started, which is with with no pre games, uh, preseason games, with limited practices, uh, limited off seasons in this the uh, the year of Corona Palooza, yeah. uh, putting more emphasis on the the, the veteran teams, the teams that have been together longer, the teams that have their stuff together, they they've got the system in place uh, and they know what they're doing coming right out of the gate, and that was a great. Uh, point to bring up, but I just didn't sit there and do the math and actually do the work. So I said, well, let me actually sit down and, and, and do the math. And so very simple metric, nothing really fancy. All I did was go down the list of each game in, in week one and week two and see which team out of the games, which, which of the two teams had a head coach in place longer. And it's just that simple. Uh, 12 and 3 straight up in week 1 the teams that had the older head coach or the head coach has been in position longer how simple is that 12 and 3 straight up 10 4 and 1 against the spread uh and a brief explanation of how those numbers uh, come out sort of uneven when i say 12 and 3 that's only 15 uh the bears and the lions and that crazy ass result uh, both of those coaches uh, adam gase and as ah. with the pencil behind his ear, started the same year. So that takes that out of the equation. 
And as far as against the spread, ten and four with the one push, the uh, the game that gets that gets taken out of there is uh, is also the the same uh, Bears uh, Lions game. So yeah, um, so that got me. Wow, that you know that lit me up. Like oh my gosh, look at that. Uh, so th- let's see if this continues in week two. And I was really excited and interested to see if that continued in week two, and it didn't quite work out the same. Uh, the more experienced head coach was eight and eight straight up and seven and nine against the spread. Um, what I also did was went and looked at the staffs because, you know, we've got a whole lot of situations like with uh, Bill Belichick and, and uh, Sean Payton and Pete Carroll, these coaches that have been around forever, but their staffs have changed so much guys, you know, go to get new jobs, head coaching jobs, promotions, move, moving on and stuff like that. So I, went down the list and separately said, okay, which team's uh, organization has been together the longest, which team has the longer reigning offensive and defensive coordinators. And it it was very similar numbers, the way they worked out in week one, uh, the teams with the older or more experienced coordinators went 10 and three straight up and nine, three and one against the spread. And there's some conflicts in there. I won't get into all that, that I, Remove three games from that situation as well. You know, coordinators that have uh, been there the same amount of years uh, on both sides. So, you know, things like that. Um, and also in week two, it broke down, you know, it broke down more even as well. Eight and five straight up for the older coordinators and seven and six against the spread uh, with those conflicts that I was talking about earlier. So is I bring that up just to say that that's Another uh, metric to look at for week three, that's only a, a two weeks of, of experience trying to figure that out. And one week it would have been gangbusters and made a lot of money. And last week it would have broke even. So let's see what happens in week three. Um, but that's something else to maybe add on for next year for week one, which team is going to start out with everything in place longer, with their head coach in place longer, with the coordinators longer. And that's another thing to sort of look at, and maybe that's a, a, a tell or a, an edge that we can break down uh, for week one next year. So I'm really curious to see what happens tomorrow with this metric. And by the way, yes, I sound desperate. I look, I sound like I'm trying to look for anything in the dark that I can find. I'm looking for a light switch to turn on. I'm just feeling around and and trying to look for something. So this is another something. Let's see how it works for week three. I I think that was great because you spent all that time to justify my theory, which is even better. I I was piggybacking off of what you said. I was like, Hey, that that makes more, (laughs) that makes sense. Let me actually sit down and see if that made, if that made sense numbers wise. And Oh my God, that, that week one, I was like, Oh, if I'd have just followed this, oh my goodness! And oh, so with a ten-win week and a seven-win week there, yeah, all that work you put in basically is one game off of where I'm at. Right, and and uh, got seven games better than what I actually did with with my own picks. So, well, there hey, you go. You're in your head. I love it. <laughs> Two weeks in, I'm, you're I'm in your trying. head. You're six games down. You're you're batting about three forty. <laughs> Uh, I'll take it. And it's great if Tony Gwynn. Right. That's awesome if I'm at the plate. I'm not at the plate. <laughs> and, I've, and I've done everything in two weeks to basically be sitting at 500. That's right. One game there over. There you go. <sighs> Whew, it, and it changes quick. It really changes quick. So, yeah, week two is the week that we always worry about. And uh, there, were, there, were some, there were some weird games and there were some weird results and some um, – 
I got I got really uh you know cheap cover in the Buffalo Miami game I will say uh that one definitely that was a high scoring game my takeaway from that game is uh Josh Allen project wow yeah uh your your boy your boy Josh Allen uh the just cool in the pocket just slinging darts those are like lawn darts the way those were dropping in there that's another dated reference, isn't it? What are lawn darts? What are you talking about? <laughs> Thank God he wasn't actually throwing lawn darts. Otherwise, John <laughs> Brown and Stephon Diggs would be dead. Yes. But, uh, no. Yeah, he was dropping dimes. Project steps up for over 400 yards and four touchdowns uh, in that victory. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, through two games, how isn't it crazy how quickly things move? Now it's the Buffalo Bills defense, which has been getting all the praise the last few years. Uh, now, all of a sudden, that needs to catch up to the offense because the D is everyone's sort of looking at that now going, okay, guys, let's, you know, let's, we, we know you're, you can be a lot better than this. Let's, let's, let's hustle it along here because Project looks so much better with the addition of Stephon Diggs with another year of experience. Uh, now the offense is, is carrying them again. It's it's only two games, yeah. but it's amazing how things can switch that fast. And here and here we go again. The two teams that we keep talking about, like there's no business that you should have DeAndre Hopkins or Stephon Diggs switching teams, right? And look and, at the teams that they left whew. and the teams that they joined. You take a look at Buffalo and Arizona, which was my final. That was the one that you know I was already pushing the week with you, and then Arizona was the one that sort of put me over the top and then yeah getting the yeah what 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 buffalo's offense and arizona's offense look like with those number one receivers just seamlessly integrated into the offense that's night and day yeah the uh, the potato skins helped out uh, arizona quite a bit the white mouse indeed exploded in my face uh god their back end is is atrocious uh but yeah Trying to t- not trying to take uh, credit away from the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and how unbelievable that offense looks through two games. Uh, they, yeah, uh, that's why I'm just leaning towards completely believing in the Cardinals through two uh, because any other team that gets off to a hot 2-0 and start that you don't expect them to, you go, well, they got to fall back to earth at some point. But those other teams like usually – um, that's the worst 2-0 team in the history of football. But uh, <laughs> any other team that starts off hot like that does not add a number one receiver usually because yeah. those guys, again, aren't supposed to be added. They're supposed to be drafted and kept and cultivated because that's the whole point of having a yeah. team is to find really good players and keep them, not get rid of them. Yeah, it's only it's only Brian. two games. I I think you can go overreaction theater in week two just as bad as you can in week one. Um, but with Arizona and what's what impresses me about Arizona, whereas Arizona could be one of these opportunistic uh, teams this year by taking advantage of the fact that they've already beaten the Forty ers when the Forty ers were fully healthy. Well, not fully, but well, most certainly healthy than they were. Mostly healthy. Mostly. Mostly word. And uh and now they're two and zero, and the forty ers are just decimated. Um you know, the forty ers by the way, 
uh, doing what they did last week reminded me of that year that I beat you in the game in fantasy when Donovan McNabb threw the four touchdowns <laughs> on the broken leg. And then and like, no matter like, how bad you in, batter in him, in one half, in one half, <laughs> no matter how bad you beat him up, he's gonna keep scoring. Yeah, because it's playing against me. So that's what the 49ers did last week. They did the old Donovan McNabb on the broken leg because even though yeah, I can't predict what they're going to do going forward, but damn, the Jets are just so bad. <laughs> oh they had that in the bag. But yeah, no, Arizona and Buffalo to me, just I, I know that's a weird, you know, to draw a comparison between those two teams because they're, 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 they're wildly different teams with wildly different expectations. Um, but those are both teams that benefited from scooping up for basically nothing a number one receiver uh, from teams that are completely just awful, minus them. What Minnesota did last week. Oh. Kirk Cousins Uh, is is playing Sam Bradford ball right now. He's, like, not even trying uh, to get the ball downfield. He he has no idea what he's doing out there. There's no success. Yeah. Other than I, some garbage time stuff against the Packers, has that Minnesota offense done anything? Not a thing. You know what I think they could use? I think they could use a Stephon player like Diggs? Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I think they could use someone like that. They, they now, really need to go out and make a trade for someone like Stephon did we Diggs. See, did we see the same thing Monday night on a, of, a, of a Saints team without Michael Thomas? Yeah, and that's uh, – for, for my Super Bowl pick, that's really – kind of frightening the way that Drew Brees is looking right now uh, uh, yeah, without Michael Thomas. That, that looked that looked bad. I mean, you know, sometimes these guys, I, I know they're setting a new new standard and they're setting the bar high for these players who are playing into their 40s and, and we haven't seen the big drop off. I think we have seen, we saw Drew Brees dropping off and dropping off and dropping off the last few years, and now you take away his number one receiver, and that offense just fell apart. And that was a real all-around collapse. That was uh, not just the offense, but that was some classic New Orleans Saints lousy tackling and coverage, yeah. um, allowing the, the Las Vegas Raiders to look really good Monday night on the strip. Uh yeah, I still wasn't impressed that much by the Raiders, but God, the Saints just did not. It wasn't their night. They didn't have it at all. No, and no, that was that was bad. Yeah, because so the Raiders a, outside of uh, outside of Waller, do they have anybody? <laughs> not really, but that's all you need if they're ne- if, if the Saints aren't going to stop Darren Waller, they're just going to keep but letting you, them run down the field free. Yeah, the Saints the Saints got the early score and then, you know, got up on the on the on the Raiders, and then just let them keep going. And you could just see the Raiders building confidence as that game went on. Like, they just – they knew they had it. Right, because they knew the Saints didn't. <laughs> right. So that was, uh, that, was, uh, that was a big L for both of us on Monday night. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but the game the night before, uh, which was also an L for both of us, but that was, uh, that was one of those classics. That was – we knew that was going to be fun to it watch. Was good. Yeah. Came down to that last play, though, and much discussed. I I, I tweeted much it out. Disgust. I, I I tweeted it out this last week. You know how I was like, oh hey look, I I found Josh McDaniel's playbook, and it was the Techbo Bowl playbook with the four plays. That's it. Like literally, here's the here's the Patriots playbook: run one, run two, 
Pad one, one pad, pad two. two. That it was so scripted and generic, and they get down to that final play. Everybody knew what was going to happen. In fact, it looked like a Tecmo Bowl play. Like you remember ever playing Tecmo Bowl? If the opponent picked the same play that you picked, everybody just swarmed to that spot <laughs> and crushed the guy in the backfield. That's exactly what happened on that last play of the game. It was like as soon as Newton took the snap, he literally took one step to the left. He had to know the game was over. As soon as someone's slicing whole, in at his ankles and he's nowhere near the goal line, he's like, oh, the whole, shit. The whole left side of that line folded like a house of cards. There's dudes in the backfield. His blocker got blown. Everything was just over. And there's so many ways that you could have called that other than just calling the same play that you were calling at the goal line the whole night. And so, so obviously just – Who played a great game. No, I don't either. I'm with you. It's not only the same play, but just so obviously the counter to that play when you have the guy just switch the the, the blocker on the right. Just he just moves to the left. It's like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do now. It, uh, the same running play that they did to the right before. Uh, duh. Oh. Uh, yeah, anyone could have seen that coming. Uh, I don't actually have the problem with uh, Boy Wonder, Josh McDaniels running Cam on that last play to get the win because Cam is such a, a battering ram, um, and he had really not been stopped all night by the uh, by the Seahawks. The call was too cute. Uh, I should I would have had him run and just uh, get under center and snap and stretch the ball. You were at the one. You yeah. were close enough where you can just dive snap the ball in and dive in. Yeah, you, you, you really didn't have to run anything, anything fancy there. Um, but, you know, it, it happens. You, know, you think too hard yeah. and you uh, outthink yourself. Um, but I don't. Uh, I, I won't crucify uh, New England for that. I, I don't have a problem at all with them running Cam on that play. I'm, you know, concerned about Cam in general. Uh, every time he runs the ball, anyway, knowing how beat up he is. But we talked about that last week. That obviously Bill Belichick is just going to use him and use him um, and, and get as much as he can out of him because he's on yeah. a one-year deal and he doesn't have to save him for anything and protect him. So just get out there and keep running, kid. Yeah, the, the takeaway that's not being talked about too much this last uh, week with Seattle is because they're 2-0. and Their defense is terrible. Well, except for one guy. <laughs> Jamal Adams just keeps making plays yeah. all over the no, field. Yeah, great player, but they, they, they are giving it up. That, that, that defense, that secondary, uh, they, they gave up 300 to Cam. They gave up, what, damn near 400 to Matt Ryan in week one. They're, they're giving up the booty back there in the secondary. Um and they got a tough game this week. I mean, the Cowboys coming in off of that crazy comeback, but yeah, I mean, the Seattle can't stop anybody right now. Yeah, they're and, struggling. And lost uh, well, the game. They could have lost that game, but one yard away. Yeah, they, they very easily could have. Um, that Atlanta game that I watched, uh, that, that was a lot of Matt Ryan getting it going late. He, they they kind of held him in place the first half, then he got loose in the second. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're struggling, but they're much better than they were uh, with Jamal Adams act there, uh, sort of plugging up a, a lot of holes and making things better because uh, he can do anything. They can blitz him. They can have him plug the holes and stop the run. They can drop him back and have him knock uh, passes away. Now, he can only do so much by himself. It's just like really it's just like the uh, the Chiefs defense right now. You saw them almost uh, get beat by a rookie making his very first start. Uh, because the Chiefs are just terrible at, at tackling people. 
Um, and if they don't have Honey Badger running around making plays for them, they don't really have much going for them either. Um, so very similar defenses there. Um, but yeah, the game itself, the, the Seattle New England game, that was pretty much everything we could have hoped for except for the, the big crowds. Um, some guys made some really big names for themselves and really big plays. We've been uh, slobbering all over DK Metcalf ever since he came yeah. into the league. And he had himself a, a showcase for the ages um, and really did it against uh, one of the best corners in the league in Stephon Gilmore, uh, not just catching balls, but like shaking them off and throwing them to the side and breaking tackles on them. And, yeah. uh, you know, they wrestled uh, into the benches trying to uh, out physical each other. And, and, you know, they had the, the little measuring contest at one point, but uh, pretty much Metcalf got the best of Gilmore the entire game. And, uh, Russell Wilson's got one now. He's he's got a target. We've we've talked all the all the years about how he's had a lack of weaponry, and uh, we remember the years where his best receiver was Doug Baldwin, and uh, his second best receiver was guys you don't remember at all. Uh, you know Percy Harvin and guys like that. Oh. Um, hey Percy Harvin, I thought should have been an MVP of the Super Bowl. No, but the way he all those jet sweeps that he ran <laughs> in that game against uh, Denver. Yeah. Uh, just, owned them and I think he had a kick return for a touchdown yeah but as far as consistency he wasn't there every week for for sure no. uh, but consistency but, doesn't Russ, mean MVP of the Super Bowl right uh, but Russ has got one now consistently DK Metcalf uh when he's out there he's a difference maker you can tell and and this is the type of guy again Seattle's not going to trade him you, you don't draft someone like that and then get rid of him for a draft pick uh, or a yep. washed up or a washed up running back so, so that was definitely fun to see on Sunday night. Well, I, I told you to cue it up. Uh, I, I found a, a new theme song for all the NFL uh, pregame shows, and I, I guess it would also be the new theme song of your picks. My picks are definitely since they, uh, hurting. Since they need to need some intensive care. You do. Can you imagine this starting like the NFL today? Just Hi, all the guys this is James injured. Brown, and welcome to CBS. <laughs> welcome to the NFL on CBS. They showed all the guys getting injured as this plays. <laughs> all the slow motion. And that's your, and that, yeah, and that's Montage. the lead-in. All the guys <laughs> are blowing out their ACLs and coming up lame and non-contact injuries. We're showing our age, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, Maj is still on in syndication, I, I do believe. Okay. But that doesn't mean anyone's watching. No. We'll get to uh, our picks later on, but first let's talk about the injuries, which is going to take the first 45 minutes of this show. You know, we you didn't read the list this week like you did last week. I think the list is just oh my long, God. if not longer. Probably, probably longer. Yeah, it was... Uh, just everywhere you turn, injuries. it was like season-ending stuff. Yeah, yeah. Poor Saquon Barkley blows his knee out in Chicago, and uh, Christian McCaffrey rolls up his for ankle. A while. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo's gone for a while. Yeah, the whole uh, Niners team. <laughs> the whole 49ers defense is on IR, I think. And three of their running backs, or something like that. And well, yeah, Derek McKinnon now. can run 55 yards on a third and 31. That's all that matters. Only because I picked the Jets as my lock. That's the only reason he did that. If I didn't do that, that wouldn't have happened. Trust me. 
yeah, yeah. Well, was... So that so that one that one uh, went when uh, excuse me uh, went against you. Uh, any, any thoughts on the uh, surprise Justin Herbert start uh, down there? Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh oh, you, you okay over there? Like a hiccup or something. Uh, the no. that surprise start over Tyrod Taylor with the injured chest. Yeah, that was very odd. Um, that that was the game that uh, we had locally here, the Chiefs and and Chargers. So I was able to watch that whole thing. Yeah, I was uh, actually impressed by Justin Herbert. I thought he he, he looked okay, too good. You were more somewhere, impressed you know. than his coach, apparently. Yeah, well, you know, I I didn't think it was that bad. I think he had some moments where he really showed. I, I guess I'm used to watching rookie quarterbacks get out there, and you're like, why is why did they draft him? Why is he there? Herbert had some moments where he actually showed why he should have been drafted. Like, uh, okay, I see it. I see the arm. I see the the uh, some of the decision making was you know iffy, but it's his first ever start. Uh, but I saw you know there was there was some accuracy issues but there were some on time on you know on target throws uh and and he actually showed me some 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 things i i I can see it i can see why uh why they took him now the chiefs defense again terrible tackling terrible pursuit uh they made everybody look much better out there uh than they should have they were really a, a superstar performance by their place kicker away from getting upset by this kid that that would have been uh, as monumental as you can get, a guy making his first ever career star knocks off the the half a billion dollar quarterback Patrick Mahomes, but it, it was this close to happening, um, and it's you know mostly because of that terrible Chiefs uh, defense. It's also because the offense is still in postseason mode from last year that they don't seem to really kick it in gear until you know it's almost closing time, and it's like okay, I guess now we got to really play hard and, and use our speed. And I still don't think the, the chiefs use their team speed nearly as much as they should. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a, a weird game to watch. The, the, the surprise of Herbert coming out and taking the snap just stunned the, the announcing team and stunned everybody. Nobody uh, knew why exactly Tyrod Taylor uh, was not starting. They didn't really say about the, uh, the injection that punctured his lung they didn't really oh. talk about that until the next day. Uh, so it was pretty much a mystery the entire time. We just knew that uh, he had a, an issue before the game started and he couldn't make the start. And, and now it was Justin Herbert was in there. Uh, his coach, Anthony Lynn, tried to pretend like, yeah, it's it's still Tyrod's job and the kid was, you know, not that great or whatever. Um, and no, it's it's Justin Herbert's job. It's his I don't job. know. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do to try to make it seem like uh, – that Tyrod Taylor is just so hurt and he's just so beat up that he can't make it. He he would be our guy, but he's just so no. He's just it's, so it's hurt. Justin Herbert, right? No. no yeah, you got to roll. You got to roll with the kid now. He almost just slayed the dragon, right? Um, in the Super Bowl champs why. on no notice. The criticism. That was, I don't, that I don't was, get all, that was that. probably no first team reps. He right. went into that game cold. Completely. Uh, now I know that like, probably hey kid, through, you're about to play. Yeah, go, go get I'm sure that threw the Chiefs for a loop. They were not practicing for this, but he was out there making some big boy throws. Um, right. Not not those Josh Allen big boy throws. Josh Allen, I will say, was making all the big boy throws this last week. We said that before, but wow, I, I was just effortless bombs. I was I just, I haven't seen a guy throwing 50 yards flat footed in a long time. 
and just slaying no, we, it. Like, no arm motion. Just like, oh, here you go, 50-yard touchdown. Uh, but no, Herbert was dropping some nice throws in there, too, and he, that offense was moving. And do, do you think the Chiefs got caught looking at, ahead a little bit, too? Sometimes that happens. I know that doesn't that shouldn't happen week two, but it does happen. And they're probably you know, they're showing up. Oh, we're going to roll these guys up. It's Tyrod Taylor and the Chargers, and we got we got the big the big game next week. So let's just go there and take care of business. And and they look like that kind of team that just like, uh oh, we better hurry up and go win this game. Thinking about the next game. I certainly hope they weren't thinking about week three Monday night and, and week two. Uh, I, I suppose it's possible. Um, no, they look game. like they look more like they got caught uh, with the kid going yeah. in there instead of Tyrod Taylor. I think that's what caught them flat-footed because they look like they were not prepared for someone that could actually make decent intermediate throws, which Tyrod Taylor really can't do. Um, and, and that's what, what what I saw the kid did again. The, apparently his coaches think uh, it wasn't that great, but I think that's just a little tough love uh, being thrown around there. But, no, I was, uh, you know, kind of impressed. I, I, you know, give them a C- to a C or, you know, somewhere in that range. Yeah. For a first start on no notice, it was solid. Yeah. You could have done uh, a lot worse. Other, You've seen worse. See, the other thing that really helped out uh, the Chargers was uh, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa uh, and, and others uh, just kept taking turns tormenting Pat Mahomes and beating the hell out of him. Really, uh, the, the Chiefs were able to make that comeback, not just because they decided late to, to play harder, it seems, but because the Chargers' defense got tired. <laughs> they kept running after Mahomes and beating him up all game, and then by the fourth quarter, they, they blew themselves up, just chasing him around so much. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the last six times Mahomes has trailed, uh, I heard this on the NFL game day, uh, the last six times that Pat Mahomes has trailed by 10 points or more in a game. They've won every game. Um, guys, just just start earlier. I mean, it's it's – Start playing better earlier. It's kind of that simple. You guys have that much talent that you can just decide to start playing better earlier and you don't have to run into situations like that, which cost us both that pick because uh, the Chiefs, of course, could not cover that spread. Yeah. Speaking of another pick that we both got cost, uh, I, I sit, you know, and I always unfortunately discount Wisconsin running backs. And we talked about Marlon Mack going down. And I've watched Jonathan Taylor play for the last two, three years up here in Wisconsin and just like own record after record and, and these crazy, and yeah, and he didn't stop against the Vikings. Jonathan no. Taylor put on a show. And I guess Marlon, you know, the next guy up turned out to be a really good running back. And uh, yeah, maybe the Vikings weren't expecting that. I don't know what the Vikings were expecting, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor, I don't think, uh, didn't, with all the craziness this last week, nobody really talked about that effort. Um, in his first start, goes over 100 yards, scores a touchdown. And uh, that, was, that was a nice game. And, yeah, and Phillip Rivers, uh, fight, whoever the hell Mo Lee Cox is. Man, Apparently everybody well, is running to find him on the waiver wire this week. Well, I'll, I'll spend uh, five or ten seconds uh, slurping on Mo Ali Cox just because being a, a college basketball fan and, and always watching all these games and getting ready for the big dance. That dude was a baller uh, at power forward for uh, Virginia Commonwealth university. He was a beast down there. He was strong. He, he couldn't shoot at all, 
but he was a hell of an athlete. He could, you could see him running up and down the court, so it's no surprise to see him running up and down the field at tight end. But it is a surprise to see him just kind of switch off and go, okay, middling uh, basketball prospect, maybe a second-round pick, maybe undrafted. Okay, fine, I'll just drop that and go play tight end in the NFL. It's like, okay, <laughs> my man, uh, very impressive. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Mo Alley Cox fan uh, from watching his, his college basketball career. Um, as far as the Vikings, uh, the defense has oh, as many yeah. issues as the offense. We, we've talked about their young secondary, uh, and, and they are, they're, they've got a long way to go. They may be much better by the end of the year, but right now they they got issues. Uh, and their linebacker core is going to take a hit because they lose Anthony Barr during that game to a torn peck, and he's uh, their uh, cover every end of the, of the field linebacker, and now he's done for the year. So that's another huge loss for the Vikings. And on top of that, uh, it shouldn't surprise anyone to see the Colts have run success because by any metric and just watching the games, even not even using metrics, that offensive line blocking last year uh, was very impressive. They, they've got a very underrated, very good uh, uh, offensive line uh, for run blocking. So to see someone else step in and, and step up and, and have success uh, is not a surprise for the Colts. So they're going to probably keep that going as far as no matter who's running for them, they're probably going to have success on the ground. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, the Vikings, what Kirk Cousins throws for 110 yards and three picks uh, that, Oh, Sam Bradford. That, that's no, 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 that's not Sam Bradford. That's Kirk Peterman. Bradford. That's Peterman. <laughs> Bradford wouldn't throw the three picks. And then Peterman would, would not stop at three. He'd go four or five. <laughs> He'd go for four or five. Yeah. Okay. So he's in between. <laughs> Uh, we briefly laughed at the the Texans. Um, Baltimore hit Deshaun Watson 13 times. That's about all you need to know about that. But also that schedule for the Texans. Whew. Let's start with it, yeah. the Chiefs. Let's move on to the Ravens. And then who do they get this week? Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, it ain't easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's quite the three piece. Um so yeah, we'll we'll get to that pick later on. But yeah, you're not going to uh, com- compete with any team when you, your quarterback gets hit 13 times. That, that's just not going to work. No, and then Houston's offense is basically pop gun now, and and, mm-hmm. the Ra- and the Ravens just they just show up and do their work. Yeah, you should have locked them up. Of course, every week you should just lock up the the, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Tennessee Titans, my 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 Titans down here uh, in Tennessee, even though again Memphis and Nashville don't really have much of anything in common. Uh, that defense could not. This is one of those games where the the favorite wins but finds a way to not cover. Yeah, uh, the Jags they, backdoored them. The the defense could not stop giving up yards and points to Minshew Mania, which wound up bleeding into uh, my pick for for Thursday night and, and maybe we, yours we as both well. Lost. We both, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think I don't know again, how much... I un, I underestimated how good of a coach Flores is down in Miami, and I also yeah. underestimated the fact that the Dolphins had lost to the Bills and the Patriots, two actual class opponents, um, and hung in and, and hung in. And, and, yeah, I I think that was in hindsight uh, just a bad pick. Well, I was influenced by uh, the Titans. Uh, scoring and doing what they were supposed to do offensively and Minshew just kept getting on the field and okay I'll get this back I'll get that back I'll get another touchdown back I'll, I'll backdoor this this cover yeah he, he just 
and, and was looking good in doing it. Like he, he wasn't playing with his hair on fire like he was last year. Like he was actually putting balls in place and not trying to do way too much, not trying to throw 60 yard touchdown passes. So, uh, and then three nights later, uh, his hair was on fire again. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, right. And the Dolphins he, he's inconsistent. Played, within, all you can played within themselves, uh, you know, turnover Bernie Sanders didn't didn't go uh didn't show up to the game and yeah. Yeah, that game was over from the from the go. Uh Jags couldn't stop the Dolphins all night. Um the Steelers couldn't cover against uh Drew Locke and then Jeff Driscoll yeah. and the Broncos. Um that was very frustrating for one specific play. I don't know if you got to see it. Uh, we laugh at, at James Conner being a, a lead back. He had an actually really good game. He did have a nice maybe. game. I still don't uh, – whatever. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he had a little uh, fire lit under his ass. I'm not sure. The Steelers cover if James Conner could actually run. They had one of those classic, uh, you know, late in the fourth quarter when uh, the team with the lead is trying to run out the clock. And the team that's trailing packs, you know, 11 guys and everyone else in the city in the box trying to stop the run and trying to get the ball back, right? And Connor broke through everybody and had nothing but daylight and was gonna was trying to run and score the touchdown and couldn't make it because he's not that fast. And he got ran down, and it was just open for everyone to see. Daylight, big 50-yard run, should have been 70 or 80, however far the uh, the end zone was away. Uh, he broke through the line and just had nobody there and just ran out of steam. Just the the, the, the gas turned off, uh, the, the car shut down. You can see it sputtering and just oh, it was so aggravating to watch. It was just it was right there for us. Um, so that's why they couldn't cover that spread. Um, the good news for the Steelers is Chase Claypool is a thing already. Yeah. Uh, had an 84-yard touchdown catch. Uh, he he's a, he's a matchup problem already. Um, he is going to be, it would appear, the uh, other option on the other side of Juju Smith-Schuster that that Big Ben needs and and craves. And that looks like that's going to be a, a deadly duo uh, so long as uh, Ben's arm stays in one piece. Right, or neither one of those guys uh, blows out their ACL. Oh, don't wish that on them. Don't don't speak them into existence. Don't don't do that. Uh, or one of them goes crazy like Antonio Brown. We, we don't want that either. Um, uh, Dak time. Uh, that that was that was a that was an all timer. That was, <laughs> that was all time Dak time. Yeah. yeah, that was Atlanta <laughs> setting all kinds of records for you know most offense, most points with no turnovers in the history of football to lose a game. You plus plus three in the turnover ratio. You scored thirty nine points, put up five hundred and what five hundred and seventy yards of offense, and lost not, the game. Not, not good enough. Got to jump on that ball. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm so you know, and I think anybody who watches or roots for that team, you're so desensitized after the Super Bowl. It's like, man, it's just how they roll. Uh, I would have fired Dan Quinn on the field after the game. <laughs> That that there's no excuse. He's still the head coach of that team. I, I gave him a shot. I said I like the continuity move. You're zero and two, and you just lost. I think from a loss standpoint, not a size of like one was in the Super Bowl. This is week two of the regular season. That this was worse. Right. Mm. This was worse. Like in the Super Bowl, you could look at it and go, 
there were all sorts of factors that, that, that went into them blowing that. They were you could just watch, you could see them physically out of steam, like they left everything on the field and just came up three points or six points short because of the overtime touchdown. They just didn't, you know, just it, everything worked. No, they had this game. This game was over multiple times in the bag, and they still found a way to lose this game. Yeah, I would have, I would have, I wouldn't have even had them on the plane going home. You're officially done with Dan Quinn. How could you not be? <laughs> now I'm done. Um, I, I guess I concur that I, I don't know about necessarily firing him on the field, but I definitely don't think he's making it through the end of the year. Not a chance. No, he, he he's got maybe two more weeks tops. You would think. If they lose on Sunday. If they lose tomorrow. If they lose to the Bears. This isn't. This isn't the Seattle offense or the Dallas offense. This is the Bears this offense coming to town. Mitch if you cannot Trubisky. get right in this spot, fire Dan Quinn. <laughs> FireDanQuinn.com, Jay, is on that uh, Or just get to halftime right and let him, let him Vontae Davis himself right there at halftime. <laughs> All right, I've had enough. I'm just walking away. <laughs> uh, it, that, that's the Cartman. That, that, that's the Cartman uh, soundbite yeah. that I love so much. Screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> You'd love if he did that. <laughs> I would. I, you know, it's got to change. Right now, it's we talk about what's in teams' DNA. This is now a thing. This this is it's in their heads. It's always going to be the stigma attached to Dan Quinn. He's supposedly a defensive guy. He supposedly brought the Seattle defense with him to Atlanta, but a, but unfortunately, he couldn't bring the Seattle players with him right. to Atlanta, you know? So I'm starting to wonder if the Dan Quinn geniusness of defense was just that he had a hall of fame defense. I really love the talent of the Falcons players that he assembled. They can't stay healthy. <laughs> it, they it still cannot can't stay, stay on the field. No. Yeah. And even the guys who they've had, who've gone to leave to go to other teams get hurt. Yeah, they're just, they just, they just, they just, they just, they they're just hurt. They just, they just love injured guys, but you always bring up about being light and fast, mm-hmm. and then you end up just being light <laughs> after a certain <laughs> point in the game, and that's that's what Atlanta is. They can't yeah. close you out. I mean, what, what more can Matt Ryan do? Uh, I don't know what offense. else he can What more? He, got... he, he played a nearly flawless Super Bowl. He played nearly flawless. They didn't lose this game because Matt Ryan just went out there and shit the bed. No. He's got Julio <sighs> Jones hobble, hobbling around out there for him and yeah. trying his best. He did drop. He did drop a touchdown. Yeah. The end of the game, but yes, you still the ball is spinning on the turf right in front of you. <laughs> and there's you a just w. stand there and look at it like they're playing there's hot a, potato. There's a W spinning right in front of us. Jump on it. Get that W. It's right there. No, we'd rather and look at it. it, it well, yeah. Look at the yeah. pretty ball. Ooh. It's so pretty. Oh boy, <laughs> hell of a you, kick! You know, though. yeah. But not, that that kick shouldn't have been a hell right of a thing. kick. As soon as that ball got to about six yards, it got to the closest guy. You just sort of dove on it. Uh, as a Falcons fan, you got some gut punches, man, in your history. And man, that, there's another one. Just well, add to I, the collection. I, I've lived through being a Cubs fan, so this is nothing. <laughs> Speaking of gut punches, okay, well, uh, fair point. <laughs> point. Point taken? <laughs> Touché? <Yes>. Uh, <laughs> I have 
I have no more questions for this witness. I I mean, thank God they won the World Series three months before 28 to 3. (laughs) Because I don't know if I could have handled that twice. You might be drunk on every show if they if they if they wouldn't have done that. How do you know I'm not? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I I was about to say I can tell when you're uh, a little I'm functional. Inebriated. I think though, no, I'm <laughs> functional. No, I'm not an alcoholic. People, no, I already had two beers during the show here tonight. Okay, well, but that's two beers. But they were, not. but they were two, but they were two combined into one. This is a thing there in Wisconsin. Oh. You take like two different flavored lineys. A lightning kugel, that's a big Wisconsin beer. You take two of those and you combine the two flavors and it makes another flavor of beer. So you have to do it that way. I see. So I took my two bottles with my berry weiss and my creamy dark and it turns it into this other beer and it tastes amazing. So there you go. And I've, yeah, I had a whole, and I was drinking it out of a mason jar right here next to me. There, there it is, my mason jar mm. right here on my desk. You know, but so I got Peter those, King. Uh, has a beer nerdness uh, section of his his column, so Uh-oh. it sounds like you're you're auditioning for that. Oh boy! Well, I do live in Wisconsin. Yeah. And with everything going on in the world right now, you can't blame someone for sitting around in their house drinking a beer. I'm a complete teetotaler, and I'm starting to think about going out and get something to drink. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, I think we kind of covered everything. Uh, I want to cover. Uh, one of the win, one of the two whole wins that I got over you last week. Uh, road golf about road golf over the over the Eagles. Boy, the Eagles are in trouble. Man. Eagles suck. I I don't know if the takeaway is that it's road golf or that the Eagles are just terrible at football right now. That's yeah, definitely that's a, that's a bad football team. Uh, the very bad uh, golf started off the game thirteen for thirteen. So uh, that's uh, that also that doesn't answer the question is. is road golf in the past because of the fact that there's no crowds now or are the Eagles just terrible right now at football? Uh, we, we still don't really know the answer to that, but yeah, the fact might be is, both. yes, it, 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 yes. yes, multiple things can be true. That, 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 that's true. Uh, yeah. But there's no way that 13 for 13 happens on the road in front of people. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, yeah. There's no chance in hell that, that golf pulls that off. But. And the ironic, the ironic thing is about that uh, Dallas Atlanta game is Atlanta had a cover there, so we both lost that pick. Mm-hmm. They they did. Yeah, that was. So, uh, oh. I, I, I still can't believe they sat there and watched that ball spinning, and as if they didn't know what to do to it. <laughs> your your week was, was so bad. I actually don't even remember what your other one over me was. Um, it was the fact that the Chicago Bears shouldn't be five oh, and a half right. point favorites my, over anybody. My uh, my missed my missed field goal. Mm, yeah, yeah. That uh, blew me the that missed fifty yard field goal that blew me the the cover. Yet Although another... the Giants actually were, you know, four four shots at the goal line, and that's twice for the Bears now. Well, at least were the Giants were they're holding up. Just drop it. No, yeah. I mean, the Bears should be one and one at the right. worst um, or best, depending on your point of view. Uh, they should have lost. Maybe. Yeah. So, you know what though? I guess Maybe we're even because I got that win with Detroit, right? Or no, I got the win with yeah. the bears the first week. Yes. On, uh, on one of the cheapest covers you'll ever get when a dude just straight up drops the game winning touchdown in, in his gut. Right in um, his hands. 
and then this week you got me back because the Bears apparently they get up 17 zip at halftime, no Saquon Barkley, and still blow the spread. <laughs> how do you, how how? Because it's the Bears and they shouldn't be five and a half point favorites over anybody. I understand that, and but they, they also still had the field goal if they make it, and I get that, but. I'll still take the two. I'll still take two wins over you because I did get a couple of cheap. You know, I had Jacksonville snuck in the back door. Miami snuck in the back. So I had a couple. It's a lot of teams that snuck in the back door last week. It was yeah. it was definitely a strange week for for underdogs. They yeah. the dogs ruled the day. And my Packers lock was solid. Oh yeah, forty two twenty one can't be too much so, more solid no. than that. So I heard you have a new. Uh, I heard before we wait. Time for the picks. I heard you have a new segment, pre-taped segment here for the show. We get to take two minutes and nine seconds to uh, catch our breaths and go pee if you can do it that quickly or whatever, because I finally took your advice and pre-taped the plugs. And here they are. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash In Much Less Detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, Come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of J and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the expressed written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. And there you have it. I like that. It's very soothing, especially with that like porno mood music you got going in the background there. <laughs> I knew you were gonna give me shit about the music. Hey, man. <laughs> I felt like I was either like watching like a porno or in an elevator. It's just like it sounds, or, or you know that sound, or that sounds like the like the like you're at a museum and you're listening to one of those pre-recorded things by one of the exhibits. So they're you know that's kind of the music that's playing, and you got the the voice talking to you. This is the, the woolly mammoth. Is for loading and unloading. <laughs> That was good. That, thank you. That, that That's my type of music, and I, I knew uh, putting it in the background was going to get a reaction out of you. That's pretty much why I did that. But, uh, yeah, that was that was good advice out of you to, to pre-tape that, get it out of the way. I don't have yeah. to. You, yeah. 
You can run to the. You'll run and get yourself some water. Go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. We we All right. don't we we don't have commercials for this show. We we do this thing straight live every week. We don't have any breaks. That was that's the only little break that we're gonna that we get. We we usually just go straight through. Yeah. So we, we're all about the content here. That's right. We try to bring it to you in much less detail, cutting through all the noise. That, that's our that's our tagline. So with that out of the way, it is now time for. Week three in the NFL, brought to you by Blue Cross, or is it the Red Cross? I, I'm yeah, not sure Blue, which Blue one. Cross and Blue Shield. Yeah. yeah. It, it, who's going to take the field? It's pretty much the, the big question uh, these days. Uh, we will start off our picks for week three with the 49ers visiting the Giants, which is a very familiar matchup because last week the 49ers were playing the Jets in that very same stadium. So Did they even they, leave? I think they would normally stay out there on the East Coast, and they may have, but I thought I also heard someone say on a podcast that they had to go back home because of uh, Corona Palooza. They didn't want to stay somewhere unfamiliar. So I don't know which one they did. I'm actually not sure of that. Um, But they're back in the same stadium as they played last week. uh, They are one and one on the season, avenging their season opening loss to Arizona. The Giants are, of course, 0-2. Uh, the 49ers with the laundry list of people that are missing, uh, and this is not uh, banged up or questionable or maybe going to play. All these people are out. Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo. They're all out. None of them are playing this game tomorrow. Guess who's healthy on that team? Jordan Reed is healthy. The man who we know is going to get his head smashed and concussed before the season is over because that's what he does. But right now, at this moment, he's the healthiest guy on the team. He's looking back at the other guys going, hey, man, you know, lazy asses, get out. Get out of here, man. I'm out here rock, running around and playing football. Y'all can't get out of here. He's actually the healthiest person, which is just crazy. And, of course, the Giants uh, with no Saquon Barkley. He is unfortunately done for the year. Uh, the 49ers are three-point favorites on the road at the Giants. Yeah, so the 49ers, they get seven-point favorites. They go out to the Jets. They they whooped them. I mean, that was a garbage-time touchdown that kept that even at 18. That was a blowout. So now they get to go out west, I mean, out east again and play the Giants. They're going for two. However, hey. as much as you probably anticipated that I was going to take the 49ers here, I'm not going to do it twice in a row. I am taking the Giants in this one uh, straight up for the W. Um, I like the signing of Devontae Freeman. Um, that'll, that'll, we'll see if he plays. I don't know how that's going to work, if they're just going to work him in right away, but that it's too many injuries. The, the 49ers record without Jimmy Garoppolo, this is going to be Nick Mullins starting. Uh, they ran up a lot of that big lead against the Jets last week with the players that were still healthy, like all those guys who were missing still played enough to have a huge impact and put that game into blowout territory. And then Nick Mullins and then Derek McKinnon with the third and 31, just kind of, you know, it was like more of a stewardship just to kind of like retain the victory. And the jets are just that bad. I think with both teams starting here from zero and the 49ers missing everybody doesn't bode well for them having to make the trip out. He's twice. I'm going to take the giants straight up. Uh, we're going to wind up flip-flopping. I said there's no way the 49ers can overcome all those injuries last week. And now this week I'm going to go ahead and take San Fran and give it a three because Perfect the Giants aren't. Perfect time for me to jump off. 
<laughs> exactly, because the Giants are better than the Jets, but not by much. And missing their stud running back, I don't know how the Giants are going to score too many points. So I'll take Nick Mullins and give the three. The Las Vegas Raiders and the New England Patriots, the Vegas Raiders are 2-0, and coming off their stadium opening victory uh, in Vegas on Monday night. Um, and New England 1-1 one one coming off of that heartbreaking loss at the goal line uh, against Seattle. Uh, the 2-0 Raiders are not very loved by Vegas as far as the uh, betting lines go because they're still six-point underdogs at the 1-1 one one Patriots. And I'm buying it. I'm going to give the six. I'm going to take the Patriots here at home. What a perfect spot. You get the Patriots who go out to Seattle, put up a valiant effort, but lose, who are going to go home. Bill Belichick's going to coach the hell up out of that team this last, this week. And then you got the Raiders who are high coming, coming in off of that high of opening up the new stadium and beating the pants off of the saints on Monday night. Yeah. These are, these are the two ships passing in the night here. Yeah. Give me, give me the, give me the better team and the better coach team. And I'll take the Patriots here. Um, Squish. And with the Raiders, uh, missing their deep threat, their rookie uh, Henry Ruggs. He's not going to play in this game. You already got a quarterback in uh, Derek Carr that's afraid to throw the deep ball anyway, and now you're going to take his uh, one deep threat away. Uh, it's a good landing spot for Cam and New England after that heartbreaking loss, sort of a bounce back. You mentioned how uh, Bill Belichick is going to get in him and, and coach him up and, and look to turn that around immediately. Um, and Stephon Gilmore and the defense, and I mentioned how he got toasted all night by DK Metcalf. This is a great spot for them to turn around as well. If you remember last year, I kept warning you that Patriots defense putting up all these great numbers, ranked number one, number two in the league. They're not that good. They're, they're playing some really, really terrible teams. And that's why they're, uh, racking up all these ratings and Stephon Gilmore. Hey, everyone can have an off night. But, man, for the, for him to be a the defensive player of the year, the defensive MVP of the league, and to put out that performance uh, against DK Metcalf, where he just basically was getting embarrassed all night. Um, but this is a great spot to bounce back because there's nobody on Vegas that can do that to him at all. So he's going to look like the defensive MVP again. Cam's going to rebound. He's going to do his Superman. Uh, the Patriots are indeed the, the captains and the presidents of bouncing back from bad losses um, and sending out a message and, and beating up whoever's uh, coming their way in the next game. So you believe in it. I believe in it even more than they do. Locking up Belichick and the Patriots that's, over that's the Raiders. A, that's good. I'll tell you what. I didn't tell you not to do it. I'm not sitting here going, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. It's not worth it. Go back. So I feel much better about that lock already just because you don't think it's a terrible, terrible mistake. So that's good. The uh, Houston Texans and the Pittsburgh Steelers, speaking of terrible, terrible mistakes, I think the Texans could use DeAndre Hopkins. I think (laughs) they could really use him in their lineup. I think I I like what he does for their team. Uh, The Texans are 0-2 and looking terrible. The Steelers are 2-0 and looking really good, but they, again, didn't cover last week. A lot of favorites didn't cover last week. Uh, nonetheless, the Texans, four-point underdogs at the Steelers. I hope you didn't move your finger too far off of the sound drop there because uh, Uh-oh. I'm, liking, I'm liking the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Uh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, he's not walking through that door. I think Big Ben <laughs> and the Steelers. You, you cannot like, – what were they 
thinking. You cannot put up the points to hang with teams like the Steelers. And we've seen that that offense can roll again. They, they had some issues um, putting away Denver last week. I don't even, I don't even know if you, outside of Deshaun Watson, does, does Houston even have like scrapping? Like they don't even have scrappiness <laughs> like Denver had last week. And Pittsburgh was in shutdown mode anyways. This is a, on paper a superior opponent to the one they had to play last week. I think they wiped the floor with them. I'm going to take Pittsburgh, lock it down. Yeah, uh, Will Fuller, uh, did you see this uh, during the week or, or during the stats? No, of, I didn't. Uh, of how many targets that Will Fuller had against Baltimore. You get rid of your number one receiver. Presumably you're going to have Deshaun Watson uh, get some continuity and get on the same page with the receivers that are left behind. And I think we both agree that the best receiver left behind on that team is Will Fuller. How many targets do you think Will Fuller had last week? I know he had a, a boatload of them in week one. So the way you're setting me up, I'm going to say like two. I mean, less, two less than two is what he had. He had zero targets oh. against the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know how you think you're going to beat the Baltimore Ravens and have zero targets for your best receiver. I really not, don't know. I think, you know, he's a fragile guy. So they're saving him? They're saving <laughs> Yes. He's not going to be for, enough. They're saving him for worse teams. They, this is a better team. We know we're going to lose. We're just not going to use you at all. We're, we're going to preserve you. We're going to put you under wraps. Uh, did he piss off uh, his coach too? Did Bill O'Brien get mad at him? I thought that that's what they were—the excuse they were trying to use that Desha- uh, that uh, DeAndre Hopkins oh, did yeah. something to to piss off uh, Bill O'Brien, and that's why he got rid of him. So I don't know. Maybe Will Fuller pulls him off. Too. Hey, maybe Will Fuller is about to get traded to the Cardinals <laughs> for for Kenyon Drake, then and, and make it look Kenyon, completely yes, for another. <laughs> at least he's not washed up. Kenyon Drake in a five. Uh, yeah, the the Bill O'Brien career. Uh, collapse tour continues. I will also take the Steelers, and I also consider locking them up as well. I, I don't understand the line. Four? The Steelers, first of all, the Steelers always get love because they're the Steelers, and everyone yeah. overbets them and the Cowboys and, 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 the, and the Patriots, but uh, that the way the Texans are playing right now, four? I was I was very surprised at that line. I think that's very low. Sometimes that's the desperation. Houston's probably desperate. They don't want to go, you know, if they're going to pull it all out, think this would be the game that they pull it all out but I, they don't have the horses I, or and one of the horses they're not targeting which is kind of hard to use right. him if you're and it's going to be really hard for Deshaun Watson to throw it to DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona <laughs> That's a hell of a throw. from Pittsburgh <laughs> wow <laughs> I don't think Deshaun has that kind of arm. maybe he's just going to tell one of his receivers to put on the old 10 just 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 for <laughs> like the confidence boost or shits and giggles. Uh, the Washington Potato Skins and the Cleveland Browns, uh, they're both one and one. They're both I, – I put my palms up in the air. I don't know what to make of either one of them. Uh, but the Potato Skins are seven and a hook, seven and a half point dogs at the dog pound at the one and one Cleveland Browns. After last Thursday night, I swore on my life that I wasn't going to take the Browns as a big favorite. And damn it, here come the Skins. Uh, potato skins, and they're giving them the big number, and it's like, oh god, they're so bad. I mean, can can Washington hang with the paper champions? Because that's clearly what Cleveland is. They are an amazing team. They have all the talent in the world on offense. They have a good defense. I gotta give the number, and I hate doing it. This one kills me, especially after we swore off of them. I, I don't think if if, if uh, Haskins throws the ball 61 times the way Joe Burrow did, that 
that this game ends anywhere as close as the one with uh, Cincinnati did. That's probably five picks mixed in there. <laughs> so you you, you gotta you gotta give the seven and a half, huh? Given the number, and I uh, do not feel good about it. You you and Odell got the brown fever. Yeah, I uh, I, I still can't believe the, that their defense let uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals hang around, and and they they just let them stay in that game. They just refused to defend them. Um, and now injuries, uh, like, like with every other team, starting to catch up. With uh, with the Browns, uh, Greedy Williams, the cornerback, is out. Denzel Ward, the other cornerback, has a groin injury. So even if he does play, that's not a position you want to play with a groin injury as cornerback. No, that hurts. Um, Olivia Vernon will not play. Uh, I don't see any reason why the Browns' defense is going to have a better performance against uh, Washington than they did against the Bengals. I don't know why Dwayne Haskins can't throw 61 times and, and keep him in that game. So I'm going to take the points and, and take the uh, the potato skins to cover. And you took them last week, and it worked out good for me. So I'm hoping yeah. for a repeat. Uh, you you go ahead with Cleveland and, and giving seven and a half. Oh, points this, and then, it hurt. It hurt. Yeah. What I mean, I, I know what brown fever feels like now. It hurts. <laughs> yeah, you you see how long you can uh, last doing that. Uh, on to two other teams that are uh, trying to figure themselves out: the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles are both 0-2. Something has to give Joe Burrow and the Bengals four-point dogs at Carson Wentz and the Eagles. Well, one thing we know about the Bengals coaching staff, they're clearly not afraid to just let Joe Burrow go out there and throw the ball a whole lot, which does not bode well for the Philadelphia Eagles, whose back end is just completely destroyed. There's nobody in the secondary for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Bengals just go in there and straight-up walk out with the W. Give me the Bengals. Uh, still no Geno Atkins on the defensive line for the Bengals, so they're probably going to get ran all over. Uh, but the Eagles' uh, wide receiver core, uh, such as it was, is getting decimated even more. They drafted Jalen Rager. He's already hurt. He busted his finger. Alshon Jeffrey still hasn't made it on the field this year. Um, so this is this was a tough uh, one to try to figure out. Uh, I don't know if the Eagles can play much worse on, on offense or defense. Um Pro Football Focus uh, podcast had a funny stat. Carson Wentz, number one in the NFL through two games. Again, the sample size is two games, so all of these uh, over- overreactions can can still come yeah. after two games, like you already said. Uh, but after two games, Carson Wentz leads the NFL in a stat that no quarterback wants to lead the NFL in. Uh, non-catchable passes, thirty percent, over thirty percent of Carson Ooh. Wentz's passes are graded by PFF system as uncatchable. Wow, that's unbelievable. So there's something uh, – here's what I'm going to do thinking about this game. I, I'm giving the Eagles one more chance, right? And I'm thinking with the lack of preseason games, we've got quarterbacks such as Wentz that looks so terrible, Drew Brees looks like he's cooked, but – it might just be the, the lack of, of preseason games. So maybe this is being, you know, sort of the third week of preseason. That's when all the starters usually get it cranked up anyway. Maybe this being the third week of, of the regular season, uh, some of these teams that have been terrible will, will turn it on that, that we think should turn it on. So I'm giving the Eagles one more shot. I'm giving Carson Wentz one more shot to, to play much better. It's the Bengals defense. You should be, do, be able to do something against the Bengals. So come on, Eagles. I'm giving you one more chance, and I'm giving the four points. 
Onto the Rams visiting the Bills, uh, L.A. going back out east. Uh, they had a very fun time in Philadelphia last weekend. Uh, Buffalo would seem to be a tougher test, you would think. Uh, but both teams have been impressive this year, both 2-0. and The Rams are two-and-a-half-point dogs at Project and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, so even if we you know, go back to say, okay, road golf doesn't matter because there's no crowds, there's really nothing to get in his head, um, that's great, but I have seen enough and been impressed enough by the Buffalo Bills and that offense and, and, and what Josh Allen has been able to do, like unafraid to just throw the dagger. I mean, they're, they're ta- you know, there are times in that game last week and Miami kept coming and kept coming and kept coming, and Josh Allen had no problem just raining. They looked like the rust bombs the way he was dropping them in there from midfield. Uh, hitting his guys in stride for these long touchdown bombs. I think it's bombs away with this new, this new look of Buffalo offense. And, uh, you know, Josh Allen has the elusiveness to get away from that uh, Los Angeles rush. So I think it's going to be Buffalo here. Uh, not a, they, they won't cover by much, but I'm going to take the bills here at home. And this low key has a chance to be one of the best games of the weekend. We, we know yeah, about the I, Sunday night and the yep. Monday night games. But this one has a chance to be right up there because uh, if Project can withstand Aaron Donald and, and throw over Jalen Ramsey and light, light up the uh, L.A. Rams defense, then we might be on to something really special with this kid this year. And on the other side of road golf, once again, can put it on a, another team and put it on that top-ranked Bills defense and light up Tredavious White. Uh, either way, if, one, if either one of those guys do what they can do, then you're looking at two guys that might be on the road to, to having uh, MVP caliber seasons, if I can throw that phrase out there after two weeks. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's two weeks, I understand. Somebody's walking out of this game a very impressive 3-0, and no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm going to uh, concur and say that it's going to be the Bills. I just think that their uh, defense is more ready for this challenge. When you got two quarterbacks playing this well, I think – I'm going to rely on that defense to stand up uh, 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 next to the Rams. But, yeah, I, I'm i still, again, I'm watching all those highlights as that's going through on the red zone at the end of that Buffalo-Miami game, just with my jaw hanging down at those throws that Josh Allen was making. Like it, Those were the throws that he was putting 10 yards over everybody's head last year. And now he's got guys that can actually run underneath and, and, and catch Damn. up to them. And... I, I was impressed. Uh, onto the Bears and the Falcons, which is the opposite of impressed, both of them, even though the Bears are 2-0. <laughs> They're 2-0. They're undefeated. The undefeated 2-0 Chicago Bears are still three-point underdogs at the 0-2 Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to use your Eagles philosophy here with Atlanta. You get Come one on, more shot. Falcons. <laughs> you get one more chance. Your offense has looked world-class. Your defense can't stop anybody. They, they, they can't stop a nosebleed. But that offense has looked really good, and, and this is the Bears' offense. This this isn't Russell Wilson. This isn't you know Dak and oh god, uh, you know Gallup catching the ball with his booty laying on the it, it barely in bounds, and 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 Zeke and, and and all those. No, this is the Bears' offense. If if you cannot beat the Bears' offense by at least a field goal, just fire Dan Quinn right away. I'm going to give it one more shot, Atlanta. This is it. Got to bounce back. You cannot lose the way you lost last week and and, and lay an egg here because 
you know, Dan Quinn will not make it to week four if that happens. Well, it certainly calls for concern for Atlanta when you got uh, Ricardo Allen. Guess what? He's hurt. He's not going to uh, play already. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Terrell, the rookie cornerback, is the answer to a trivia question now uh, because he's the first NFLer to uh, catch the catch the goop and have to sit out because of that. Um, and, of course, Julio with that bad hamstring, uh, he's definitely been hobbling uh, all week, uh, all last game. Um, so he's a, a game-time decision, and if he is out there, he might just be a decoy. So that's definitely been a problem throughout the years when Julio is, is just a decoy. Uh, there, there's definitely a, a downgrade in the uh, Falcons' offense. But there's some glimmer of hope because Atlanta seems to have finally found the uh, the, the complement for Julio because Calvin Ridley is emerging uh, through two games. Again, there's only two games, but he looks like – Ready, he's ready to step up and be that other guy, the, the second target. And, and he's been consistent. He's been getting open. He's been making the catches. So this isn't quite the dire situation if, if Julio is just a decoy or even if he misses the game. Um, I'm going to concur with you and give the three and take the uh, winless Falcons to beat the uh, the undefeated Bears because, God, Chicago is just uh, not not a team to believe in as far as I'm concerned. The uh, Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings, the, I don't know how anyone can believe in the Vikings the way they're playing right now. Uh, the 2-0 Titans are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the desperate 0-2 Vikings. Yes, they're desperate. They just got embarrassed basically twice. But I keep going back to that offense of the Titans. And, again, one of those – you talk about the Bills taking the strides with the offense – I think we're kind of seeing the same thing with Tennessee. We kind of poo-pooed or I was a little bit surprised about the the money that they threw at Tannehill, but he seems to be like the perfect guy for for that offense, which is a run-first offense and opens up all that play action and he finds all those receivers and they, they their offense is actually kind of rolling. Uh, Minnesota, the man, we, we joked about the back end of that, defense you know maybe improving it didn't not yet <laughs> it, it, it didn't improve and I, I was tempted really tempted this is the one I went back and forth on a lot I was really tempted to take the Vikings I just keep thinking about oh man this is going to be Derrick Henry Derrick Henry you know play action boom and he takes the top off of that defense and Tennessee's defense is good enough to bottle up Kirk Cousins in that offense that boy they sure could use this Stephon Diggs in this in this matchup against that good t- oh man Give me, Be nice. Give me the Titans. I don't know how much worse the Vikings could play. Um, Mike Zimmer's got to be looking at this team going, are you serious right now? Because Zimmer is setting up to be the second coach fired after Dan Quinn, the way they look right now. So they're uh, also on that train of, of teams that need to turn it around. They're desperate. Uh, I'm looking at Tennessee letting Gardner Minshew hang around last week. Maybe I'm letting that color my vision a little too much. Um, I know they don't have uh, A.J. Brown on, on Tennessee again, and uh, their offense could be better. Uh, the Vikings, of course, definitely need to, to get better. Um, yeah, that secondary is, is young. They're, they're banged up. They won't have um, uh, Barr, the linebacker, uh, got hurt. Daniel Hunter still isn't out there. 
So they definitely got issues. But, yeah, I'm going once again with the, the desperation, the veteran team. They know they're better than this. They they have to be better. Uh, and I'm going to take the Vikings uh, at home, even though the home crowd doesn't really matter anymore. Uh, but come on, Vikings, I'm giving you one more chance. You, you guys are going to be on the same train with the Falcons uh, if, you, if you don't get it together. And the Eagles. And the – well, I don't think the Eagles are firing Doug Peterson, but I'm, I'm thinking that – Oh, he saved the coach. Save the yeah, coach. yeah. I think both of those coaches are, are possibly not going to make it through the through the end of the season if they don't turn it around. Uh, going out to West Coast action, late games, Carolina and Los Angeles. The Panthers and the Clippers. Carolina zero and two. Clippers one and one. Panthers are big underdogs, six and a half point dogs at the rookie Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, I thought this was a really big number. I mean, Herbert's now gonna he's the the charge the, the, the Panthers have the tape. They've seen what he can do. He's a rookie making his I still think of this as like the first official start. Like that last start, that was a fill in. That was, hey kid, get in the game and, and he just what? You know, and, and the adrenaline kicked in. Now he's got the prep the reps and he's going out there and he's gonna be the guy. We'll see if this looks any different without that adrenaline rush of just being thrown in against the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Uh, the Carolina like no Christian McCaffrey? Come on. As much as I hate to give a rookie quarterback six and a half points <laughs> his first start give this many points, I'm gonna take the Chargers. Yeah, it's not easy to, to I saw I saw that line, I was like, oof, that's that's quite that's a, a lot. That's a big number. And also uh, Melvin Ingram, got to say goodbye to him but with all these injuries. He's on the, the Blue Cross Blue Shield plan as well. He's got a knee injury. He's on IR. Um, but, yeah, it's still uh, that, that that offense with, with no Christian McCaffrey and, and your quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater, who I respect, but that's, that's not the guy I want to rely on. The only playmaker left on my offense is, is that guy. It's like, oh, that that's not good at all. Uh, yeah, I, again, was kind of impressed by Herbert. He didn't have time to panic, and, and he looked okay. Now he's got some prep time, and uh, some guys do worse with prep time because they, they don't have a, uh, you know, they have a chance to sort of overthink things. But I don't think he's going to do worse. I think he's going to still be okay. I don't think the Panthers' defense these days are, are the type of guys to really take a rookie and make him pay. It's not the Thomas Davis, Luke Kuechly, uh Panthers' defense of the, of, the, uh, of the olden days. So I'm going to concur and give uh, all those points, uh, almost a touchdown. Uh, and we're, we're both going to take the bolts. On to the biggest spread of the week. One guess as to who the, uh, who the underdog would be, the worst team in football. That's right. Oof, man, the, the New York Jets, my lock of the week last week, again, might have been my worst pick ever. I, I, I'm wearing it. <laughs> it, it. We'll call that recency bias. I know we've, we've both had some terrible picks. If, if it was a Sports Center top 10 for worst picks ever, they would put it right at the top of the list because, because nothing could be happened. worse than it what just happened. Just happened. Yeah. In any event, Sam Darnold and the 0-2 Jets are on the road at the 1-1 Indianapolis Colts, and they are big 12-and-a-half-point dogs at Phillip Rivers and the Colts. I mean, first of all, that is a monster number, right, against a team that hasn't really done much. In an empty stadium. In the, yeah, I mean, so there's there's no home issue here. They're, they're, they're rolling out with their, with, their, with their backup running back 
ancient Philip Rivers, everything is like, why is this number so huge? Oh, because the Jets are the worst team in football. (laughs) That's why the number is so huge. I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts here, squish. Give me the number. That's a good defense. They're at home. Sam, oh, poor Sam Darnold. Who's had no, who's had no James Crowder again? Who's gotten drafted and, and had a worse start or worse support that we can remember than than Darnold has? I mean, uh, David Carr, well, you know, getting sacked seventy five times a game. Um, I think every Browns quarterback before uh, oh, Baker. Sure. Yeah. Had no support. Tim, like Baker's got guys. <laughs> Actually, I think Tim uh, Couch made a playoff run once. Oh, boy. I think you, you might, might be right. He might be the last that. quarterback to take the Browns to the playoffs. Uh, but, but remember uh, uh, Johnny Football? But Johnny Football <laughs> sucked. <laughs> Sam Darnold's he supposed no to player. have talent. He's supposed to have talent. No, Johnny Football was awful at football. Sam Darnold, at least last year, showed a few glimpses, right? That's what you were hanging your hat on with those, unfortunately, those bombs to Robbie Anderson, who's not there anymore. Five and three Uh, at home. Keeping them in games, those 80-yard touchdown bombs. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. I feel feel bad because you look at all these other quarterbacks in these situations. Look at at what they've given Kyler Murray. Hmm. And you look at what they've given Sam Darnold. It's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> no comparison. No. None. Uh, yeah, if Philip Rivers throws the the game away against these guys, like, come on. Oh, and if anybody can do it, it's Rivers, right? <laughs> I I know. <laughs> That's why I also pause with you in in giving all those points, but but I'm gonna do it. I I, I concur. Oh, those Jets. Uh, Tampa Bay and Denver. Hey, Tommy. Got his first W as a Buccaneer last week. He looked, he looked all right. That was he more of the some... Leonard Fournette show. We didn't even talk about that game. No, he didn't. Uh, yeah, how, how about Fournette? Uh, he's, he's pretty good, too. Yeah, Tommy, we have uh, the room he... to breathe here. We're actually – we got 27 minutes left in the show. This is breezy right now. We're, we're going to get all the way to the end because those last two games are so big. We're going to – Yeah, and, that's and true. I... So you're, oh, so we're, we're, we're being economical right now because we know those are highlight games. The last three games actually are are huge, and we're going to yeah. probably talk a whole lot about them. Uh, but yeah, Tampa, Denver, not so huge. Uh, Tommy is now one and one. Denver is zero and two, and already down a quarterback uh, again with the Red Cross. Uh, Jeff Driscoll is the man uh, under center for the Denver Broncos tomorrow. Jerry Judy has bad ribs. He's a game time decision, and so no surprise you combine that with Tom Brady, Tommy. Everybody loves Tommy. And the Buccaneers are six-point favorites on the road in Mile High at the Denver Broncos. I desperately searched for a reason <laughs> to pencil in the Broncos on this game, and I just, I kept come I couldn't come back to one. No Von Miller, uh, the, the rolling out there with Jeff Driscoll, who got that nice cheap cover in Pittsburgh. Yay, good for you. Um, but you know Tampa Bay. This feels like Tampa Bay to me. I don't think they're a great team, but I think they're good enough to roll up bad opponents and banged up opponents. I think Bruce, Bruce Arians is a good coach. Uh, Tom Brady will be, I'm sure he'll be efficient. I don't, nobody in that defense is going to scare him. Uh, the running game with Leonard Fournette, knowing like no plays went off last week and see, it actually got us a, a cover uh, with that yeah. long touchdown run. Uh, that was a game that we're, you know, Carolina was hanging around in that game. 
Um, and I, maybe Denver can hang around in this game too. I think the number could be bigger. So I'm going to take the value here and, and give the points on the road with the Bucks. You were desperately looking for a reason to take Denver, and you, you just couldn't. Can't do it. You just can't do it. Um, yeah, I concur. You know what? And if, if this was Von Miller and the full-strength Big Fangio Denver defense punching Tommy in the mouth, because as we know, the only way – or not the only way, but the best way to beat Tom Brady is to get right in his face and punch him in the fucking mouth. If this was the full-strength Broncos, I would definitely be tempted to, to take the upset. Um, but no, not not without Vaughn, not with the uh, the Broncos hobbling the way they are, missing so many pieces. Uh, I'm going to have to concur and, and, and take the Buccaneers as well. Uh, I do love the under there. I don't know how many points are going to be scored. Tom Brady and his arm versus Jeff Driscoll. Just, uh, not, not a lot of fireworks there. Uh, the Lions and the Cardinals uh, might be uh, a lot of fireworks. Both those quarterbacks can put up a lot of yardage and a lot of points. Uh, Detroit is 0-2. Arizona is 2-0. Uh, I did not believe Arizona is big favorites last week because it's still Arizona, but they got, it, they got it done. So they're favorites again this week. The Lions are plus five and a half at the Cardinals. Right, and Arizona here giving less points than they gave against Washington uh, last week. Uh, maybe maybe Vegas or whoever setting these lines thinks that the the Lions are going to put up stiffer competition on paper. I mean, it is a better team. I mean, they're obviously their coach is an ass clown, um, <laughs> which you can never undersell uh, the idiocy of the Detroit Lions. I mean, they dropped a game winning touchdown, went on the roads, punched the Packers in the mouth, and then completely shit the bed um, for the rest of that game. I mean, you had pick sixes. You had oh, just just an awful effort. Thank God I had again. Thank God I had the Packers as my lock of the week last week. Love you, um, that Patricia. <laughs> I do, uh, but I I really like through two weeks again. It's only two weeks. But I like what Arizona has done. It doesn't feel this feels like a, Arizona feels like the team that will beat up on teams like Detroit, especially at home. Kyler Murray is is dynamic. He's going to run around. To, 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 Detroit defense isn't going to get after. Um, and if they do put some pressure on him, oh, then he can just throw the ball up over the top. I did like a little bit more of Kyler Murray uh, maneuvering last week to throw. I, I, I want him to get there. I, you know, I always say I want him to play more like Russell Wilson, where he's using those using those feet to open up those holes in the defense. And there was one touchdown pass that he threw to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. There was nobody. Nobody covered DeAndre Hopkins. Like you'd think if you're Washington, the one guy that you would cover in the back of the end zone is DeAndre Hopkins. No, nobody was nobody was in 40 feet of DeAndre Hopkins. I don't get it. And at Detroit, we always talk about the stupidest team in football tendencies. Yeah, the, the kind of team that's going to go to the desert and, and put up an egg. I was glad to see someone do uh, some Bears covered zero besides the Bears. I was happy that somebody else was capable of doing that. Um, yeah, I saw that. I was like, why will you not cover him of all people? Why the hell? Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of insightful uh, information to, to give you about this one. Is Detroit's desperate. Matt Stafford's desperate. Um I still kind of don't know if I want to trust Arizona as a huge favorite. Uh, five and a half is not a humongous number, but I can see Arizona winning by four or five, which uh, means I'm going to take the Detroit Lions in the points. 
So we'll see how that works out for me. Don't have a ton of confidence in that one. Um, all right, these last three games are pretty damn big, so we're going to spend a lot of time on each one, I'm pretty sure. The Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Dallas is now 1-1. One and one. Uh, They very, very, very easily could be 0-2 oh and, and, and heading up the list of desperate teams uh, going into Seattle and could easily be 0-3 if, uh, if that were the case uh, because the Seahawks are riding high and Russ is, is cooking. Hashtag let Russ cook. Uh, the 1-1 one one Cowboys are five-point underdogs at Russ Wilson and the 2-0 and oh Seattle Seahawks. I will, I'll tell you right now, you're safe. I, I think the best bet of the week is right here. Hammer the over on this game. Mm. Neither one of these teams will they, these teams refuse to play defense. We, we want to talk about the Cowboy miracle. They still gave up 39 points. Yeah. They still gave up 39 points, 570 yards of offense uh, to Atlanta. So they, they were giving it up on the air. They were giving it up on the ground. They were giving it up to Todd Gurley, who, who's old. And, and, and it's Todd Gurley. He's no good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're supposed to be the Atlanta savior, but they were giving up everything to Matt Ryan. They made Kelvin Ridley look like uh, he's going to be a uh, first-team All-Pro going to the All, you know, the, the the Pro Bowl. Kelvin Ridley through two games looks great. Uh, that Dallas defense is atrocious, but so is Seattle's defense. <laughs> Seattle's defense through two games is the worst defense in football. As bad as Dallas's defense has been, Seattle's is worse. Uh, so Seattle's given it up to everybody. They gave, they were giving it up to Cam Newton. Uh, they gave it up again, Matt Ryan. So it seems like Matt Ryan plays somebody. Your defensive ranks look really bad. Well, Matt Ryan's played both these teams, and he lit them both up. I think these teams are going to light each other up all night. I don't expect there to be a whole lot of defense to be played. I'm going on the side either way of this being a field goal game, one way or the other. So I'm going to actually take Dallas and the points. I just think the number's a little too high for two teams that are just going to play ping pong for the whole game. Uh, like I was mentioning earlier, I did not bring up uh, Jamal Adams when I was talking about the first game of the year that the Seahawks played against uh, the Falcons and how yeah. he popped off the TV and just was everywhere on the field. It looked like it was 11 Jamal Adams out there playing for the uh, for the Seahawks. Um, I don't know how long he can keep that up throughout the, the whole year when one guy is really the only guy making plays on the team, but so far so good. Uh, yeah, they definitely uh, have some issues overall defensively, the Seahawks do, but at least they got one. They, at least they made the trade for one guy. Uh, really, Adams fits in the same category as Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. Like, someone that damn good, you really shouldn't be trading him. That There was acrimony just like with the other two, and so it's, it's the, the bridges were burned, and you gotta, you know, you have to go at some point when it gets to that situation. Well, Jamal, yeah, Jamal Adams Adam. though realized he was on a crap team. Those other two and, guys left good teams. And also, the Jets got a hell of a lot of uh, better deal for him. I believe they got two number one picks or, or something in that vicinity. Um, so at least they got that going for them defensively. But yeah, they they definitely have struggles. But the Cowboys are struggling to they're they're right up there with all the other teams that are beat up and hurt and and trying to figure out how they can uh keep guys on the field they just lost uh starting cornerback uh chidobe awuzie the former name of the year winner when back when everyone was pronouncing his name as awuzie 
Uh, and that I, mean, I can think, think of, all I can think of is Al Michaels trying to say his name. Yeah, how woozy. Uh, makes it like yeah, they they finally got it straightened out. It's a woozy a, not a woozy. I prefer a woozy. I think that sounds better. Um, and Tyron Smith, uh, maybe even more importantly, the the stud left tackle. Uh, he's got a bad neck. He didn't practice all week. He's likely not going to play. So uh, might be some trouble for Zeke Elliott. Might be some trouble for for Dak Prescott making these late Dak comebacks. And if he's not getting uh protection then that might be a problem but the the Seahawks have trouble rushing the passer so uh might might not be a problem it's it's a tough game to to try to figure out I don't know I I agree with the over I don't know um exactly how it's going to work out but um you got Dak and Russ that both cooked up uh the the Atlanta Falcons you talk about that common uh opponent that Matt Ryan put some some yardage and points on both of them well they both put yardage and points on the Falcons as well so they, you know, hashtag let Russ cook and now hashtag let Dak cook. So let's see who uh, cooks when they get to cook against each other. Um, so, yeah, without a whole lot of confidence, I'm going to take the opposite. I'm going to uh, the opposite of you. I'm going to take the Seahawks to give the five points and win the game by a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a field goal, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a touchdown. So I'm going on the on the side of, of the Seahawks and, and the, the Cowboys just seem to uh, under uh, Mike McCarthy seem to be a little off so far. Um, they're, they're, I don't know how, I still don't know how they won that game last week. They looked like they were just completely toast in the first half. Um, so I don't know if that was a, the second half adjustment you were looking for from, from Mike McCarthy all those years, but they did it. They, they got to come back and win somehow. I, I don't know how. Um, but yeah, the, it, overall, they look like to me just a little less uh finished of a product than the than the Seahawks. The Seahawks are looking like a different organization altogether now that you're letting Russ Wilson take control of the offense instead of trying to run the ball three times and, and punt or, or run it two times and let Russ try to air it out. Um, the offense is that much of a difference maker now with Russ that I think if they were still playing offense the way they were last year, I probably would take the Cowboys. But uh, because their offense is much better so far through two games, I'm going to go ahead and take the Seahawks. On Sunday night football is going to be the Packers and the Saints. And again, the shame of it is teams missing their all pro stud wide receivers or else this game would maybe threaten for the over as well. If Drew Brees could hold up his end of the bargain, that is. Uh, but yeah, the Saints without Michael Thomas, uh, the Packers will not have Devonte Adams for this one. Um, and I don't know if, what you think of this line, but I was a little surprised to see this as well. The 2-0 Packers looking pretty much as hot as, as any of the other 2-0 teams are still underdogs, three-point dogs at Drew Brees and the 1-1 New Orleans Saints. I, I was really stunned um, by the line. Um, when I think about the two receivers both being gone, I think about, okay, who's gonna, who would who be impacted the most by this? And one of these quarterbacks is clearly in a state of, of rapid decline and that's Drew Brees. And I, without Michael Thomas against the Raiders, he looked completely lost. Like he couldn't get anything going. Aaron Rodgers, we know without Devonte yet, he'll, he'll find guys. He'll throw the ball to Marquez Valdez Scantling or Alan Lazard, or those five, four running backs that they have Aaron Jones on wheel routes, um, can be extremely productive. Uh, Aaron Jones not getting a lot of talk or publicity for the start that he's had to the season so far. He's looked incredible. So I think Aaron Rodgers is still going to be able to sling the ball around. 
um, more than the Saints offense is going to be able to move. The one big weakness, if the Saints can exploit it in that Packers defense, is against the run. But if the Packers are just not respecting the pass, I think they're going to load up more to stop the run in this game and just basically dare Drew Brees to beat them. And without Michael Thomas, without that number one weapon, I don't think he can do it. Um, I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, I don't understand the three-point line here. You get the cop-out line the way these two teams have looked to start the season so far. It feels like a gift. I'm going to take the Packers here straight up. Yeah, as I was saying earlier, uh, I'm going to look and see if Drew Brees' arm is totally gone or if it's something that he needed two weeks to get the rust off, and now in the third week it'll look a lot better. Um, I really don't know either way. I know this is my Super Bowl team, so my blinders are – on and I might not be seeing things as clearly as I should, but I'm going to give him uh, a week. I'm not, I'm, I'm not picking the Saints, however, because for, for one simple reason, it, it smells pushy. I, I got this as a Saints field goal win, so I got to pick one side <laughs> or the other. And the side I'm going to lean on is, is the Packers because of how great Aaron Rodgers has looked in his uh, fuck the organization tour so far. And so I'm just going to, lean on that side, but I, I very easily could see this as the Saints winning by three. I guess so could everyone else. That's why the spread is what it is. Uh, but I was I, I w- was with you and still surprised when I saw that the Saints were favored uh, over the Packers with the no crowd situation and with the way the Packers have played through the first two games and also with the Packers love. Again, that's another team that gets bet on a lot because it's the Packers and they have their legion of fans out there. So uh, very surprised to see that they were underdogs in this game um i wonder if sean payton and and dennis allen can put it together and make some adjustments and and hold down the packers without their number one wide receiver you talked about how rogers can make adjustments and go to his other guys um the adjustments that the saints might have to make on the other side is i'm actually looking at be sean payton might be looking at using Taysom hill as sort of the 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 cleanup hitter or the the designated thrower um that if you want a really big bomb play to just sit Drew Brees out and throw Taysom Hill in there and have him wind up and throw it deep. And if you got a sort of a tag team situation like that, at quarterback it's very unconventional. It would seem to not work, but it's just crazy enough that it might work uh, in certain situations. Um, and with the Packers uh, young DBs, you know, they, they like to, to play aggressive. You might be able to get some, some PI, some of those deep balls from, from Taysom Hill. You might be able to get some cheap plays out of that uh, and, and get those young receivers down the field and, and have them make, try to make some plays that you wouldn't think would be there. But I don't know if they can do it with Breeze's arm right now. They, they might have to sub in Taysom Hill to do that. So there's a lot to watch for in that game. It's, it's going to be fascinating, and I, I don't know – I don't feel strong one side or the other on that spread because I really do uh, smell the pushy on that one, but yeah. got to pick one. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Darren Rogers the way he's playing and, right now. And you haven't seen, you've seen highlights, but you haven't, I've watched, you know, obviously in them in the local market. So I've seen both of these Packer games. I want you to, what I would keep your eye on this four headed running back attack for the Packers. Cause I've never seen anything like this before. Where they're where they're trying to squeeze production out of basically out of four guys, and, and they keep Aaron Jones had the monster game last week, but every time they'd spell Aaron Jones, they would they'd bring in Williams or you know or they'll give a play to Irvin or and then the running back this AJ Dillon this guy looks like a battering ram so uh, maybe Matt Lafleur this like I said maybe this is what he wanted all along. Um, 
because they definitely don't have an, an abundance of talent at their wide receiver core. But when you have, you know, one of the all-time best throwing the ball, it shouldn't make a difference, and it hasn't to this point so far. So yeah, I'm glad, I, I, I definitely think that, that even if you're smelling pushy here, I think taking the Packers is the safer side of that three. Um, so I understand why you went with that. Uh, yeah, on the fuck Jordan Love tour, yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta go with it with the AR right now. I wouldn't be surprised if that spread was lower in the morning. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that uh, went down uh, before before the start of the game Sunday night. I wouldn't have expected the Packers to give points here, but I would have expected a one or a one and a half on this one. Yeah, uh, that, that, yeah that, even the cop out on this. I haven't seen these. I've seen these two teams play two games. I haven't seen a cop out spread. I, I bet that'll be two uh, or one and a half by the, by the time they kick off tomorrow night. Um, and now on to the main event of the season, Monday night football it might be the best game of the year. The world champion two and O chiefs and the incredible two and O Baltimore Ravens. Uh, but the Chiefs, of course, coming off that struggle uh, in, in Los Angeles, they very easily could have lost that game to the rookie. Uh, were they looking ahead to this one? We don't know, but, it's here now, Monday night in Baltimore. Unfortunately, we won't have that crowd for that one either. I really would have loved uh, to, to hear the crowd for, for this one and also for the Saints game and also for the Seahawks game with the Cowboys. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, 2-0 and Kansas City are a little more than cop-out line dogs. They are three-and-a-half-point dogs at the 2-0 and Baltimore Ravens. If you didn't think that the Packers – Saints line made sense, then you probably are of the same opinion that this line doesn't make sense because these are the world champs. They're two and zero. They're going on the road to play another two and zero team. They both, yes, maybe this half point is the Chargers clunker half point going to the way of the Ravens, and that's because that's about the only hiccup uh, really for the Chiefs so far. And yeah, the Ravens have looked incredible, and the Ravens started fast last season. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson just, he, again, every year he seems to, like, progress. He takes that next step. They've got a really good running game. Again, nobody talks about that running game, but they've got good running backs. They've got weapons all around. They have a really good defense, which, again, the, all the talk is Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Baltimore's defense is still really good. That team is excellently coached. Uh, I, don't th- I, I don't think you or I have uh, ever really ever said anything bad about the coaching of John Harbaugh. Um, we've been pretty, uh, pretty glowing in our praise of John Harbaugh. Um, but yeah, the chiefs laid an egg last week, escaped what good teams do you, a lot. How many times have we seen it in all the years of watching football where the team that has no business coming back and winning a game because they were beat up, beat down the whole game. And they just, the good teams, they find ways to win games like that. And chargers, a young, bad team, they find ways to lose games like that. And then the chief, they, they got the win. They're two and zero. can't take it away from them. Right. Um, I'm really, everybody wants to see this matchup. I think this is a close game all the way, which I don't think benefits Kansas city who seems to need like the adrenaline rush of just getting their doors blown out early before they finally wake up. I think this one plays out fairly tight and that Baltimore pulls away late, uh, for an early regular season matchup. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean heavy here. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I think they win the game straight up. If this game was played in week 13 or 14, I don't know if it's the same story. You know, sometimes you win the Super Bowl. You're the, you're the hot team. Ravens want to be that hot team. 
I think that the Super Bowl is going to go through Baltimore this year. I have the Ravens winning the Super Bowl this year, so I think this is the Ravens' year to, to take this one. So you almost sounded like you thought that the Ravens were the uh, the underdogs in this one. You, I just wanted to clarify and make sure that you know this is KC is no, three I'm, and a half I'm point given, dogs. I'm given the three okay. and a half. I'm okay. giving them. Wanted to make sure on that. That was that was um, the whole thing with me saying that Baltimore pulls away late. Mm-hmm. So to okay, cover yeah, that I, three and a half. I think this is definitely the spread is definitely uh, because of the, uh, the chiefs performance or lack thereof uh, against the chargers. I think that's just reacting off of that and saying, Oh, if they're playing that bad against the chargers and what are they going to do against Baltimore? Um, and, and that's what put the, that's what putting all this money on Baltimore is. I think if the chiefs went into LA and rolled up the chargers, like I certainly thought they were going to do, then they're prop there. I don't think they're even three point dogs uh, in this one. I think they're probably one point, underdogs or maybe even a pick them uh, if they did what they were supposed to do uh, against the Chargers because they did what they were supposed to do on the the, the season opener uh, against the, the Houston Texans. But this is why I'm concurring with you and taking the Ravens. And this is why I think the spread is, is also what, what it is um, is because the biggest bugaboo for the chiefs might not even be the offense being asleep and not using their speed the way they're supposed to be. It might be that atrocious defense, and they're God. They cannot tackle. I don't know why the Chiefs' tackling has been a. It's it's always been a problem. This is going back to, uh, you know, the Derek Johnson, uh, Justin Houston days. You know, several years ago, that it seemed like they were they were there, and then everyone else is just kind of flailing. Remember, you know, Ron Parker in the back of the of the secondary, just completely missing everybody. Um, I miss Ron was, Parker, man. I crapped on him for years. <laughs> But it wasn't just him. That it's always been a problem with that team tackling. I don't know why, and it, it's awful so far through two games this year. And it's not just what I saw with my eyes. I I was going to talk about their tackling in that Chargers game again. I I saw that whole game. Um, I was going to talk about them and dog them from what I saw with my eyes, and then I heard on the Pro Football Focus podcast that they're. Uh, leading the league in broken tackles, uh, giving up broken tackles. Uh, and then I went and looked and, and researched and saw that their second worst in the league had missed tackles. Only the god-awful Jets are worse than the Kansas City Chiefs through two games at missed tackles. I don't know how you're that bad at tackling and you won a Super Bowl. That just shows how great Pat Mahomes is. No wonder he got you know half a billion dollars. But this is why no one's picking the Chiefs to repeat uh, to win the Super Bowl. This is why a lot of people think Baltimore is going to overtake them. This is why both you and I picked the Ravens to win the AFC this year. You got them going all the way and winning the title. Um, and this is going to be what happens when they play in this game. This is what's going to happen in the playoff game in the AFC title game when they hook up again in Baltimore is the Ravens are going to run the fuck over the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs are terrible at tackling people. And the one team you don't want to play when you're bad at tackling is the Baltimore Ravens with Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson, and whoever else they want to run out there on you. They're going to run for 200 yards on the Chiefs. Um, and when they get to the playoffs, they're probably going to run for 250 in that game. They're going to run the fuck over the Chiefs, and there's nothing the Chiefs can do about that. Andy Reid can scheme up all he wants on offense, uh, and it's not going to matter. When you've got this type of terrible tackling and you've got this type of team as far as running the football 
Number one in the league in running last year as a team, the Ravens, they averaged 5.5 yards per carry. What do you think they're going to do to the Chiefs who are having trouble tackling anybody right now? That was the L.A. Chargers. That was the L.A. Chargers that were breaking tackles and almost ran down the Chiefs last week. This is the Ravens. There should be no contest in this game. I concur. I got the Ravens big along with you. Wow. Hey, that was, that's that got to be the tightest hour of picking games that we've had. There was no, like, no Russian. I mean, it was, wow. Good show. No Polish, no no English, no, 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 no any of the nationalities, no. Well, you got a chance here. You got to put a dent in. You got six, I got six up on you already, so time to start chipping away. Well, if people heard the uh, plugs. You know where to catch uh, the rest of the podcast when we go off the air live. It's blogtalkradio.com slash in much less de- slash in much less detail. You can come back to the uh, to the page and listen to our archives, or you can subscribe on iTunes. And more on our after show when we come back. Now into our VIP after show program, and was it also a, a good show sound-wise? Were we uh, sounding good? It sucked. It sucked. It was the worst. <laughs> I, I'm on to you now. I, I understand what you mean when you say that. So, so that's that's bad news. That's horrible. So um, yeah. So we had to we have to disagree on good six or seven this week. Is our normal? Yeah. Let me count that up real quick. That, hey, that, hey, you win them all. You're right back in the game. Oh sure. I, what I will say is I feel better about these picks than last week. Last week I had no idea what was what I was doing. Um, I, I don't feel like I'm, I just got a complete grip on everything this week, but I feel a hell of a lot better about these picks uh, than I do about last week's. A hell of a lot better. Uh, three, four, five, six. Yep, six on the button. Again. There you go. You win them all, we're even again. Let's go. Let's go. You drop you drop two of them again though. <laughs> um you give you give me four more. It starts oh, to get geez. starts starts to get tough. I know I've been there. Uh, yeah. I've I've had those runs. We've all had those runs. We've 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 both been there where it feels like no matter what you do, you're just gonna keep giving a game. Even if it's one game, you're just gonna keep giving away. Give it every week. And it's just like, oh, and then just like you keep waiting for that chunk week to, to just get them all back, you know, and then Turns out the way we've, as long as we've been doing this, you almost always have to just chip away. You get one back, you get two back, you know? I know one thing. I want them to, if I do give games away to you, I want them to be routes like what the uh, what the Niners did to the Jets. I don't want it to be like week one where I had like two or three games where I thought it was already oh, I, put away and finished. I admit and then I look the up and go, quarter. what? Week one, midway through the third quarter, I was just trying. I was just looking for that one or two games that was just going to stop you from railroading me. <laughs> For the week, and and then all of a sudden they just all started going my way, and I was like, "What? What? Oh, it was crazy." Not... I mean, to get four like that out of nowhere was, was stunning. Was, I got nothing, and then I get the and then I get the Cardinals upset on top of that in the afternoon. Hey, what happened? That, that's about the only reaction you can have to that. <laughs> No, that what was, the hell's going on out here? That was the Falcons' uh, special teams looking at that ball. 
what the hell were they doing? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was um special. I, I had that special. game that, that was special. I had that game taped and didn't get around to watching it because it was so big. It was so many things that happened. I was like, I'm not gonna have time to watch all this. So I just I, I just watched the highlights of it. And I was like, Oh my god, they just they just watched that ball spin and just oh look at the pretty ball. And next thing you know, the Cowboys jumped on it. I, I remember I, I don't god, I've seen anything quite like that. Four or five years ago. I remember doing the show. We were doing honors and dishonors, and I had my worst play of the year was uh, I think it was Buffalo playing somebody where the kickoff, the the kickoff (laughs) bounced at like the five yard line, and the guy uh, from the other team just kind of stood there, (laughs) and stood there, and stood there, and watched the ball. I don't know where he was expecting it to go, and then all of a sudden, here comes the other team that rolls on the ball and rolls into the end zone with it. Mm-hmm. That reminded yeah. me of that guy. Yeah, it's like, dude, go go get it's a football. You're playing in a football game. Go get the football. It looked like they thought it was a live hand grenade. That's supposed to be the hands team. That's the hands team. Just jump on the ball. Just dive on it. Game over. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm not. I don't want to give a lot of credit to to Mike McCarthy and, and you know and I, yeah. I mean, I, Dallas has a good offense. They have an explosive offense. They were just absolutely getting crushed in that game for the whole game. But that, that's just how the Falcons roll. <laughs> it, it, it's going to take them. They're going to have to win a title the, until they win a title. This is their stigma. Yeah, and unfortunately, I, mean, it, I had him winning the title like, last year. This is like the Cubs uh, with Bartman, right? Like you're mm. not going to ever escape the Black Cat and Bartman and '84 and all of those horrible things that we all had to endure, and 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 blowing it in the playoffs and all these like blowing it in huge epic moments. It, it the only way, the only solution for this is for that day when the Falcons finally win a Super Bowl. It'll happen. It'll happen someday. But that's it, it probably won't happen in the Matt Ryan tenure. Definitely won't happen in the Dan Quinn tenure. Um, you know, I, I just don't. I think the window has closed on this team. Was, they had a nice run. They were a really. They were a solid squad. And yeah, it all went out the window with twenty-eight to three. And, and then, you know, they made the playoffs the year after, which I thought was admirable, which I, you know, would, most teams would have collapsed under doing that or had a season like the 49ers are staring at where everybody just gets hurt. And mm-hmm. in the whole, you know, the, that Super Bowl loser jinx is a real thing. Um, the Rams had a terrible season after they lost the Super Bowl. Now they're trying to bounce. So we'll see. We'll see. But I think Atlanta's window is, is firmly shut. Matt Ryan's Thanks. having a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, that you could find some people that would argue with that, and that would be controversial. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not one of them. I've always oh, been a fan of his. <laughs> no, but I mean the numbers that he's going to end up putting up by the end of his career. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, Julio Jones is a Hall of Fame wideout, and I think in in history, in retrospect, I think because of the collapses, this whole stuff with Dan Quinn, the fact that Matt Ryan played so well in those two games. And it wasn't that he was the cause of them. I think history is going to be more kind to Matt Ryan in the long run uh, than they're going to be to Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn will forever be the twenty-eight to three guy and the forty to thirty-nine guy. 
and the guy who coached the team who didn't know that they could pick up the ball that was lazily spinning uh, short of the 10 yards. Yeah, that, that's got to win an award for, for something in our oh, powers and dishonors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that that could go into multiple categories. <laughs> I but Although I said I still think the worst play of the week was giving up a third and 31 on a draw play up the middle. A 55-yard run, it's just I saw the replay of that, and the guy is just looking around like, "Where are the defenders?" Basically, yeah, he like he hit the hole, and there was like this whole wall of jets, and he was like, "Oh, I'm going to go where they're all not," and he just turns to the left, and there's literally nobody. It's like, oh, what the, okay, what were, the, what were the jets doing? It was like everybody in their defense was all like clumped in one area. Gonna jet. Yeah, because you know on third and 31, when you draw that play up, your goal is not to get the first down. <laughs> right? I don't think anyone has a play for uh, third no. and 31. Well, apparently, Kyle Shanahan does. <laughs> I don't even think that was. the third string running back or the backup <laughs> running back up the gut for 55. I don't think that was anything special the 49ers did. I think any team that had third and 31 against that Jets team would have gotten the first down on that on somehow. Somehow, any team would have gotten that. The Bears would have gotten that. That's that's how terrible the Jets are. Yeah, because I got to say, at the point where they had them at that third and 31, and if the Jets had held and gotten the ball back, I was starting to feel for that. I was starting to feel a little heat on that seven, because that was a big number for a road team that lost their whole team. And if the Jets would have scored again in that spot, I'm like, oh, okay, this thing's – nope, the Niners just put them away. (laughs) That was something where I stopped keeping up with the score because it was like the first score of the day. Like I barely sat down oh. uh, after <laughs> the noon game started and the Giants were leading seven nothing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I know how that's going to go. So I didn't. I didn't even keep up with that. Well, since <sighs> the Packers play tomorrow night, I get my. If the next two weeks, three weeks, the Packers are playing. Um, excuse me, either the, the primetime game, because they go from Sunday night to Monday night, then their bye week, I get three weeks of red zone. Oh, there you go. Although next weekend they'll be on vacation. I'm going to be, we're going to be out of town. Uh, not uh-huh. far away, but we're going to be out of town with the kids for a, a short little, just a short little getaway, um, three nights. That's why we have to do the show on Friday next week. Okay. So I know I mentioned that on the last show. Figured I'd remind you that we're doing Friday night coming up. I've already got it scheduled for Friday night next week. Oh, well, look at that. You are on the spot. That's right. Look at that. We have sound drops. We're ready. If I can't pick games, at least I can be prepared for the show. Yes. (laughs) You can be an excellent producer of the show. Uh Uh-huh. Even though I'm a shitty picker so far. (laughs) It's it's a tough start. I'll give you that. Not the first time in 30 years of doing this that one of us has gotten off to an awful start. No, but digging yeah. out, digging out of being ten games under—that's a chore. Ten and twenty-one through two weeks. Eleven, yeah, just... eleven. Given eleven games, not even the six games you've given to me, the eleven games under five hundred. I doubt. I, I still. I, I don't think you're in the top category on NFL Pick Watch. Don't think I'm quite near the top of that. <laughs> I. <laughs> Again, if I would have just went with the veteran coaches in week one, like we kind of talked about, yeah, 
what a great start to the year I would have had. Except, and, that was my whole theme, picking games, yeah. continuity. It wasn't even about the head coaches. It was about right. the rost- rosters that mostly stayed the same. And, and a lot right. of that can have to do with blowing up the coaching stabs or all of a sudden yeah. you turned your team over to a rookie quarterback. I was, I was looking for stability, which I, which I guess kind of is exactly what you're saying. I, I termed it differently. You know, you dug into the numbers and actually found out that bore some fruit. And uh, yeah, if we end up in a situation next year again, and we're still all dealing with coronavirus and we don't have a preseason again next year. Yeah. I'm going to lean on that again. I'm sure you would too. Right. That's why I brought it up on the show was just, it might be another edge. It might be something uh, to, to keep an eye on for week one next year to see if that's something you can make some money with. So, that that's used to be supposed to be the point of the show is to figure out yeah. how to win these bets, which I'm not yeah. doing right now. <laughs> hey, I'm only one game over 500. I'm not, I'm not beating the man. World. I would, that would I'm not kill for one game over 500. Fire. I don't what, what am I at? Five, five twenty right now. I would kill for that. 16, 15, and 1 for a 516 percentage. Yeah. Okay. I mean, anything over 500 will take. Yeah. Exactly. I'll take it. I was hoping that 7 would turn into uh, 8 or 9. We we came a yard away (laughs) with Sunday night. I did not expect the Saints to do what they did against the Raiders. And, and, And just. You, oh, just the frustration of watching the Raiders look so down and so beat. And then, like, wait a minute, I feel better. <laughs> and, like, you could literally see the change in the Raiders going from we have no chance in this game. It's like you just you give that awful team that, 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 that glimmer of hope. And they just didn't let it go. Well, I'll tell you. It's one of those picks that I definitely would have given consideration to the Raiders uh, if there were people, if it was a crowd, because it's the new stadium, it's Vegas, you knew it would be an absolute zoo. It's Monday night. I know it's not the first week of the season, but it's still uh, Monday night weirdness, you know, opening the, the brand new stadium. I certainly would have considered doing it, but when you, when there's no people there and you take the, right, all that's the what juice. I when we when I made the pick, I said if this was a packed sta- stadium, I'd be all over the Raiders playing off of that first game at home. Just the energy, you know. And that was the the killer was there's no juice in that stadium for that game, and the Saints just can't they can't execute. They can't do right. what they want to do. I, I was not joking either. We definitely we need to take the IMLD pilgrimage out to Vegas for a game. Oh yeah, that that's got to happen. That's a, that's bucket list right now. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give some I'm going to give some praise where I, I don't want to puke in my mouth a little bit here, but I'm going to say something really nice and I uh, about uh, a commentary crew. And if Ooh. you remove Steve Levy, <laughs> I actually kind of like Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick hmm. on that Monday night crew. I, I I don't like Steve Levy calling the games. I, I don't know if it's the voice. I, I, it just, I, I'm not digging him as the as the play-by-play guy. Um, but I, I am enjoying. I mean, not like Romo level enjoying. <laughs> you know, um, with that enthusiasm. But yeah, I, I'm kind of enjoying. I think as the season goes on, I, I think that Brian Greasy and uh, Lewis Riddick are starting to wear on me a little bit. 
You got the quarterback. You got the cranky defensive guy. Um, you know, neither one of them were great players. They were they, they were okay, right? They they were solid guys. Louis Riddick was a role player, and Brian Greasy he, he had moments. He was all right. Um, but they clearly understand the game of football. So give the, I've given these guys a ta- some time. I just, I'm just not digging Steve Levy. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't even uh, really comment yay or nay because I haven't listened that closely. Um, the uh, first week games that did they did they do the early game or the late game? They did the I late watched, game. Okay, yeah, that's why I didn't because I didn't watch. Uh, most of the Titans and the uh, Broncos. I did watch the Steelers and the uh, Yeah, the, the early Giants. game, it was Herb Street and Fowler. Yeah, and I actually like that Which one. Was, uh, yeah, that was just so odd. You get the college guys. So they have right. a perspective of the pros that's totally different because they, they're they paying a lot more attention to these guys in college. So they, that was different. It was different having, having those two calling the game. Right. Not unenjoyable, uh, and- just different. So I didn't get to see the main crew week one, and then this game last week, I wasn't paying attention. It was on, but I was doing other stuff, so I really didn't really – it didn't – I guess it didn't uh, irritate me because if it was bad, then I would have been like, oh, God, this is terrible. Uh, Like, you know, anytime Berman did a game, it it stood out because of how terrible he is. Oh, yeah, he was always Uh, that second second crew. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He'd get that late game. Yeah, you you couldn't really – watch that game uh, on background and be doing anything else. Cause you, uh, every now and then you get the back, 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 or the, you know, oh, all the bluster that he does. Um, so whatever these guys sound like, they're, uh, they're not irritating. So that's good, <laughs> but I, I don't really have an impression of them yet. Uh, I'll be okay. watching all of this, this Monday night, uh, this Baltimore KC game. I'll definitely be all over that one. So we'll, we'll, yeah, if they can't I'll... make this one watchable, <laughs> you got a problem. Right. Uh, I think anybody can, can make this one good. Um, no, I, I mean, I understand why there was the talk about, you know, backing up the trailer, trying to, to give Romo a blank check to do whatever he wanted. Cause he, you know, he, he kind of so works Romo, with Jim Nance. Yeah, Jim Nance. Yeah, Jim Nance is just oh man. You want to talk about just milk toast? Um, but that's that's sort of perfect because he's really just the guy setting up Romo for everything in that booth. Yeah, they definitely got the right combination there. You don't want a, another loud, excited guy to go with Romo because now you just sound like a high school crew. Yeah. No. Yeah. They tried. Did they did they try to pull Sean McVay? <laughs> Romo. Yeah. Um, these guys were not the first choice. Uh, Riddick and, no. and Greasy were not the first choice. No, but they're about the eleventh. I'm giving them. I'm giving them a passing grade. I'm not giving them like an A. I'm not giving them a D minus. I'm, I'm going to give them a solid C plus through two weeks. Okay. So watchable, yeah. which is, I mean, I don't say that about Monday than, Night Football ever. Better than better than boogering them. The most. Oh <laughs> man. Well, did you see that guy tried to get killed by the booger cart <laughs> in the in the game? Yeah, yeah, ran right into it. That would have been even worse if it was booger up there. <laughs> that people, if that guy would have like been knocked out because I think he was KTFO'd. Yeah, he wasn't moving. He wasn't moving. Like if that dude would have like died and booger was sitting up there, could you imagine uh, booger describing someone? Well, he death ran right into it, and I'm not quite sure what happened, but. Uh, 
Let me tell you, it, it, it didn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> so they've booked, they've moved Booger to the studio, which was his next level of exile. <laughs> and then by next season, he's gone. He's just off the, he's off the table. Probably. That, that's the, it's the phase Booger out. But unfortunately, the way uh, sports media is going, they'll phase him out and bring in Screaming A. Smith to, to oh, come over and go yeah. over the top of everything. Because that's, that's well, the, was it you? The, was it you who said, or me? I don't remember who, but we we said the booger was the Tim McCarver of football. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said that when you see a player get a first down, it's because he put the ball over the line of scrimmage. Oh, or the, it's like, okay, yeah, thank you, booger. Yeah, the old <laughs> if you swing at the ball three times and miss, <laughs> you're out. Oh, yeah, he, he definitely was. I, I, and I thought that he had potential. Like he could have grown into it. But when you're talking about, you know, it's an NFL package. It's a, you know, the Monday night package. Everybody's watching. Got all that attention. You, you, you got to do better than than someone who can grow into it. And Jason Witten was just the worst. Uh, so when you talk about he someone so who's not very good. To play football. Right. So you're combining someone who's not very good, combine him with someone who's completely awful. And then the poor play-by-play guy, uh, Tessator, was like overwhelmed by the whole thing. Um, yeah, it, it just didn't work out. But it yeah, had potential. I was, yeah, I was, I was not. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the the booth last year was one of the worst all time for uh, for football booths. That Jason, oh man, Tessa, I didn't like Tessator, Booger, and Witten was that was bad. And then Major the sideline, Miller. Oh, uh, no, nobody Remember misses that? Dennis Miller. <laughs> Nobody misses Dennis Miller. Uh, so I, I guess as we're heading into the last day of baseball, uh, we can you can pat we should pat our let's pat ourselves on the back for our, for some of our baseball picks. Uh, you can pat yourself on the back for your White Sox playing as well. Yeah, although they're trying to completely collapse yeah. and miss everything. No, in they the last... well, they're in the playoffs. I mean, the, the, yeah, the, they, they... the, the, the uh, American League is set. It's just seeding now. Right, but they had the division wrapped up like last week at this time, and they just yeah. pissed that away. It, it's funny um, watching the Brewers, Phillies, and uh, Cardinals all fighting. No, 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 Brewers, Phillies, and Giants all fighting for that eighth seed to go play the Dodgers. Yeah, good luck with that, guys. It's the NBA. Is what we talked about. Nobody wants to be the NBA. Nobody cares about the fucking uh Eight seed is barely five hundred making the playoffs. That's not something to be proud of. Nobody no. wants. And you get that. to go. And you get to go play the Dodgers. That's a reward. Well, that I understand might be a it's a three-game set. It's the Dodgers. Yeah, I understand it's a three-game set, and anything can happen. It's going to be. It's still better than the play-in game. But adding in all these extra wild cards, and you get this really short first first round. I, I'm going to pat myself on the back for the uh, Padres. I'm going to take a good. Take a nice victory lap for talking about that that team, boy. You want to talk about a fun young team to watch? Mm-hmm. Um, is the Padres? I'm going to give myself a little pat. I, we were I, way off on the Cubs. I, I I screwed that one up. I was I couldn't have been more wrong about the Cubs. I had them in fourth place, and they won the division today. Yeah, that's okay. I had the Brewers winning the fucking uh, World Series. That's well, well they're they they might be in the playoffs. They win tomorrow. I think they're in. Everyone's in the playoffs. The Marlins are in the playoffs. The playoffs. The don't Marlins matter. are in the playoffs. Uh, the 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 Blue Jays. I'm pat myself on the back for saying that the Blue Jays would uh, 
contend for that wild card. They're in. So mm-hmm. I had I had the Buffalo Blue Jays in last place, so I definitely missed that. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a, some good calls. Obviously, we had the easy ones. Uh, we should give ourselves both a big pat on the back for crapping all over the Washington Nationals. Yeah, we had them completely collapsing. And, yes, and I don't think there is a, a better call to be made uh, than that one by us. Just you know, Because everybody, oh, they're Nationals. They no, they're, they're trash. They got hot. They got lucky. They went in ridiculously hot. Uh, speaking of teams going into the playoffs uh, hot, Watch out for my Cincinnati Reds that I had. Yeah, that's your, your team. Were, they were out of the playoffs a week or a week and a half ago. They were that bad, and they went on a little run. And all I know is if you're going into a three-game series and you're lining up Bauer, uh, Castillo, you're lining up those pitchers, you could make some hay. So watch out for the Reds, whoever they draw in the first round. I no, hope it's not the Cubs. <laughs> And I think our best pick might have been uh, to have the, uh, the the almighty Astros uh, running rugshot over everybody. We both said, nope, they're going to take a step back, and the Oakland A's are going to step up and claim that yeah. division. Second place. Uh, yeah, you and I were uh, both all over that one. I, we we both had Houston getting back. Just with all of these wild cards, we definitely had Houston. I think that they were like in contention, but the twenty nine and thirty, and, and they're in because they're second place. They're they're a game under five hundred, but just by virtue of being in second place, they're in right now. So as of right now, with one game left to go, uh, your playoff matchup for the White Sox. Oh, the Yankees. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, and you know what the Yankees can do anytime. Those guys are in the lineup. They can just hit 400 homers against you. And it's funny, though, outside of that 4-5 matchup right now, the way it stacks up, every other matchup as of today is a division matchup, which is crazy. <laughs> Tampa Bay, Toronto, Minnesota, Cleveland, Oakland, Houston. Yeah, that is odd. <laughs> and then you have the White Sox and the Yankees right now at 4-5. Yeah, I, I can definitely do without all those other teams uh, down there battling for that last spot. Yeah. And it, but it's going to come back. They're, they're going to. I bet you they keep that permanent because of oh, there's more excitement. There's all these other cities that normally would be out of it. That's not good. You don't. You don't want teams like the no. Marlins I had, and I am. I am okay with a bit of. I would tweak it. I would. I would still. Have I would have I'm okay with the expanded playoff format, but what I would not do is make your division winning teams have to play that three game set. You want somebody to have a bye? <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm okay if you do. What do you have? Three divisions and let's say four wild cards, or three you know six wild cards. You do it that way, but that's nine teams. That's too many. So maybe the first, just do the first two. Like the top two division winners get the buy and then make everybody else fight it out. I think there should be a benefit. I don't think it's fair that you earn the number one or number two seed and a three-game series could determine your season. Just like I didn't think a one-game playoff was fair. Right. I like the idea of the play-in series being a three-game set. I have advocated for that on this show, but they're doing it with everybody, so I don't like it that way. 
Yeah, I, I just don't like all of it, uh, expanding the, the playoffs for more teams. Uh, I think when you have a sport that plays this many games in the regular season. Yeah, it, it should put, come and, out in the wash, don't you think? Right. You should, you're pretty much determining the best team already. The playoff is just there to make money. We already admit that. But to make it so inclusive for everybody – I'm, you know, I don't want to be the old fogey, but yeah, we remember in the '80s and when it was so hard to get in the playoffs, you had to be one of the, the the two or three best teams in your league just to get in the playoffs. Uh, it, it was only the first, uh, it was only the top two. It was, you know, there's only two divisions per league, and the winners got in, and everybody else went home. When we that were was kids. the LCS. That was it. That's it. Um, and I don't know, I don't, you know, we're never going back to there. I, I understand that. But it's just the the notion of a season that's this long, as this many damn games, just so you can get to play the Marlins for a, a three game set, and they get lucky two of the three games, and now you're out of the playoff. That's to me, that's crap. I don't I don't agree with that at all. I think you got you you have to you almost have to do it that way in hockey and baseball. You don't have as many games, so you got to make some other way to to make that excitement, that creativity uh, for those for those other cities outside of the best teams. So I, that I, I understand a little more. I still don't like uh, that each uh, turn or, or each round is seven games. I, I still think that first round should be five games uh, in the NBA. That was, that was perfect as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Cause then you, you, you don't, you don't need four games. You don't need an extra game to risk your stud getting hurt playing some scrub team that's under 500. That's just <laughs> ridiculous. I can see some of the changes from this year sticking around. I think the universal DH just stays, right? I hope so. You know that's how I roll. I, I think it I stays. It. I know you're an AL guy. I'm an NL guy, but I see it. I see it staying because I don't think it's been, you know, it hasn't been disruptive. I think that stays. That's I'm making my predictions here. I think that one stays. I think the seven inning doubleheaders go back, go away again. Yeah, um, that's it. So I, I don't think that happens. I want to see the runner on second base, extra inning thing. Just never see it again in my life. I bet that um, stays. Unfortunately, I hate it. I don't. I, I hope hate it, it too. Stay. I, I hate it, I hate uh, it as, much, as much as three, you do, if not more. The, but I bet it's three true. batter minimum for pitchers. I think that yeah. rule stays. I think that yeah, stays. I do, I do too. That rule would have stayed even with the regular full season. Right. So I think that one. I think that one stays. So. I think there are some things, you know, that were that were not terrible improvements. Yes, obviously expanded playoffs makes a ton of money. I would say if they want to expand the playoffs, I think what the takeaway for me for this season is with this sprint is you don't need 162 games. That's not going away either. I, I agree with you. I don't think the season needs to be that long either. But Yeah, I could – if you want to expand the playoffs and not be playing in November – and I think I think the proper way to do that is obviously because there's so much TV money. It's all about the money, mm-hmm. uh, right? And if you expand, it's all about the money. It's all about the money. Yeah, I was I was headed up to do that sound drive before you yeah. even got to it. If you, I think you can expand the playoffs, but eliminate ten games from that schedule. You could eliminate a lot more. So I'm gonna say you could eliminate a whole month. Yeah, you could go to 140 even, like it was, mm-hmm. what, it was 140 back in like the 50, in the old days, baseball was a 140 game season. You could start the season, you don't need to start the season the last day or first 
of eight of March and April. You could start the season probably closer to May first, um, and and do it that way, or you you know have more off days, bake in some more off days for these teams. Yeah, so that's my uh, argument with, with when you expand the playoffs. Um, that's fine, and, and more teams, and more games, and more revenue, and more money. But eventually, you know, are, do you want to play every day of the year? Do you want a 362 games? Uh, you know, when you come to regular season and postseason, because what are we doing? We're playing six months regular seasons so that we can set up and play a month and a half more in the play. It's just like, come on, that's it's so many games. It, either reduce the regular season or re- reduce the playoffs back. But because of the the revenue for both of them, I don't know which one yeah. gets reduced if, if either. That, that's the problem. Yeah, I, I don't like I, – I mean, we, you know, kind of poke fun at the football uh, teams every once in a while. You get that 7-9 and nine division winner. Um and everybody wants to. You, everybody talks about the blowing it up or reseeding the playoffs, which I'm perfectly fine with. I don't think that you win your division means you are guaranteed to have to play a home game. But that's football. Uh, that's fine with me. I don't think a seven and nine team should be hosting an eleven and five team. That should never happen. <laughs> you got in. That's your reward. You got in the playoffs. You sucked, and you still got in. Great, good job. You still should have to go on the road and play that team that was considerably better than you were. Um, I'm interested to see how this works out with baseball because this is all going uh, almost like a dome situation now. Yeah, after the first round? Playoffs, yeah, all the playoffs. No, you're going to be Houston, Arlington. They're all in these different locations, but they're all in one location. There's no no home team. There's no big advantage to any of this. So it's not like the Dodgers are going to be in L.A. for that first round. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is even more randomness for for the yes. playoffs uh, because there's no actual home field advantage for anybody. It's it's almost a bubble situation. Right. Yeah, baseball bubble. And so uh, your right only now advantage the, is some games you get to end the game as the home team batting, and other games you don't. That's the, pretty much the only advantage you're gonna have. Yeah. So the four venues for the first series are gonna be San Diego. L.A., Houston, and uh, Arlington, so Dallas. And then you're going to have San Diego and Arlington will host the LCS. And then Arlington hosts the World Series. So the World Series is all seven games are going to be played in in Texas. Okay, I've been so much into football, I must not have been paying attention because I was under the impression that first round was going to be every team – Every lower seed team goes I mean, to the maybe? home team for three games. Okay, maybe because they haven't they didn't really spell that out on this chart. <laughs> the way they have the bracket looking, so maybe that's true that the home. Okay. So maybe the Cubs will have all three games at home, and may, I, I hope that's the case that they let some of these teams play at home for these playoff games. But but even if they do, there's still no people there. So, doesn't matter. You know. you're, then you're all of a sudden you know, oh hey, we won our series. Now we're going to Houston. Yeah. Or Arlington. So I, I'm of the I'm of the opinion then that you don't just make everybody go to the bubble. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, this whole thing really has been thrown together. Give, you know, unless last that's the big advantage that you want to give to that home team in that three game set is that they get all three. Yeah, that was. I think that was that was the original plan. I don't know if that's still the plan, but that was the original plan was to okay. give that home team the advantage in the first round. Well, I may be totally wrong then. 
because they they don't want the travel, of course. Right, but right now that would mean that the Sox, your White Sox, would be hosting the Yankees for three. Yeah, but but they had the division. They they were going to be hosting some bum team at the bottom of the of the of the American League uh, last week, but they got on a losing streak, so now they got to play the Yankees. Yeah, because a week ago they were sitting in the two spot. Right. Um, it was Tampa, and then the Tampa is your number one. Tampa, what those Rays? Nah, that's not a call that we made. The, the Tampa Bay Rays. Man, they you just, just want to talk about a team that is resilient and just hangs in there. They're, they're like the Twins. You can never get rid of them. It, it's crazy. No, they just know how to win. And as big of a fan of Joe Madden as I've always been, they've they're almost both. Uh, busting a little bit of a hole in his mystique because we thought, uh, or at least I, I can't speak for everybody, but I thought that Tampa Bay and their success they were having, you know, six, seven, eight years ago was because of how great of a manager Joe Madden was. And maybe he was, but he's gone and they're still winning games with rosters that nobody would want. Yeah. Uh, players that are, you know, there, there's no Kevin, Kevin cash now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, that, you know, there's still no great players on on those teams. There's still a bunch of guys, just you know, a bunch of baseball players, and still winning games. It's it's, it's incredible how they're doing it. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm going back here. I'm looking at my preseason notes. Uh, yeah, AL Central. I had Twins, White Sox, Indians as my one, two, three. Yeah. So I liked your side. I actually, you know, and with that first place, second place thing. With so I guess I. I guess I guess I had that one. <laughs> I had the Reds over the Twins in the World Series. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I just I, I all I know is I had the, the Brewers. Ugh. Well, yeah, they might sneak in tomorrow. Yeah, the Brewers over the Yankees, I believe. And and, and then they'll and then they all have to and then all they have to do is put one over on the Dodgers. Well, like I said, it's the Dodgers, so you you, you might have a chance because the, once the playoffs yeah. start, the Dodgers turn into a different team. And then they get the winner, and then they would get the winner of the Cardinals and the Padres. Yeah, it's, the it's out of – Right now it's Cubs-Marlins. Uh, oh, no, not Cubs-Marlins. I'm having flashbacks. Why? <laughs> Alex Gonzalez is not walking oh, through that door. no. Yeah, Juan Pierre, Louis Castillo, freaking Mike Mordecai. Oh, God. (laughs) You mean Carl Farnsworth isn't going to come in and throw straight gas to the guy who can only hit straight gas? Um, (laughs) They would get the winner of Reds Braves. All right. That Barman game was just on, like, uh, MLB Network a few weeks ago, too. Fantastic. I'm I'm sorry I missed it. I'm sure you are. I I could I wanted to turn the TV, but I couldn't. I was just mesmerized. Like, oh my god, how did this break down like this? Because it was it was on up. It was over. Pryor was throwing gas, and Pryor was, was losing it in the seventh, though. And I yeah. remember watching the game that he was struggling in the seventh, and that I would have started the eighth inning clean, um, with the relief. But but Dusty Breaker hated his relievers, so. So we had to bring Pryor back out, and yeah. you know, the rest is history. Sorry, so, sorry I didn't want to. Thanks bring for all making. That back no, 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 series. You know what? We got our title. <laughs> it's all good. We won it all. That's right. All we're the only, we're the, we won the first title in Chicago in ninety years, right? <laughs> for a hundred years. That's right. 
There's no other Chicago baseball teams, as <laughs> no, we both know. No, we don't talk about that. No, there's there's the Chicago Cubs and there's the Bridgeport White Sox. There is no other Chicago team. So yes, I see that your wife was gracious and sent me. I saw you sent me the the text that your wife sent me the the quote. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. I'll dig through that and, and 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 see what it comes up with. I wasn't know. I didn't know what to expect. So I, when I looked at the number, I was like, I, I don't know. Is that good? Is that bad? But it doesn't mm-hmm. seem bad for as long as what it is. Yeah, there's uh, you know, and not the knowing thing about... so much of what it all includes. I'm assuming that right. meals and all that stuff too. And... Uh, yeah, well, I'm it's assuming. a cruise, so that's you know the food is is definitely part of it. But depending on if you want to upgrade, there's other things you can do. You don't have to sure. just you know take what's there uh, for for everybody for the you know the buffet situation. And and the dinners are not buffet; those, those are actual real dinners. But uh, like I said, there's upgrades you can you know. What I'm surprised by stuff. is that you do it with the, with the, the with the fear of the goop in your house. That that's what you came um, up with. You know, I'm. You're not nearly as surprised as I am because she is basically <laughs> gone crazy uh, with, with planning and and setting up trips. There's, she's planned another trip for us next year besides that already. Oh, she's got us going to Mexico to a resort in Mexico in September next year. Okay. In a, in addition to this cruise, she's wow. going going crazy about it. And I think it's part of it is probably because he's been so cooped up in the house and, and so afraid to leave the house. He's got that cabin fever, and, and now she's making all these plans for next year and then got us yeah. going and doing all these things. Yeah, I, she, she still isn't leaving the house. She, she's still uh, in that bedroom, uh, holed up, but she's making I all mean, these plans I, in that bedroom. I haven't been out, and I love to travel. I mean, even if it's just driving to Chicago or Minnesota or you know going play, I haven't been out of the state of Wisconsin since – January? Yeah. I mean, the farthest we've been from home has been about 100, I don't know, 150 miles. We, you know, we go over to the Lake Michigan side and 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 go over. It's really pretty over there, so you, there's, you can go over along the lakefront and uh, you, you can stay. And it's like, it's like you know, nice little towns, good places to eat. We take the kids there. The kids love it. So that's what we're doing this next weekend just for a little three-day getaway. Kids are all virtual for school, so they're going to take their school iPads with them. And all they get to do is eight, at eight thirty, they show up on their little teleconference with the school. They get checked in for attendance, and then make up the work that they miss on Friday because they have no school on Fridays. So, okay, they're all you know they're they're starting to you're starting to see the school boards or they want to vote on uh, you know if the kids are going to go back to school. But they already said no to October, so the earliest the kids could possibly go back to be the first of November, but and, and as we're watching all the college campuses in Wisconsin just blow up with coronavirus, <laughs> crazy, like twenty eight hundred cases today. I mean, like we're we're, oh. we're we're like pining for the days when three hundred was everyone losing their shit. Yeah, or oh my god, three hundred people in the state got the coronavirus. Ah, lock it all up, shut everything down. You know, hide under your blankets. And, you know, and it's like we get twenty five hundred now, and it's like, eh, it's no big deal. Like so, when's uh, so when are we playing Big Ten football? So uh, end of so, October. No, no, no panic here. No problem. No, no money. I'm wait. I'm waiting to see what happens. You know, with this play playoff situation with baseball, what, what happens if the goop runs through a team? Uh well, yeah, because we saw see, football. It, uh, football just seems to be like, oh, okay, you got it. All right, you're out. You know, you you, you get to go. You get to go away. 
it's not like the whole team shuts down. Where baseball was well, like one dude in the one trainer got it, and it's like we got to shut everything down. We're definitely going to find out by tomorrow morning about the Falcons because that's the last I read was uh, they know AJ Terrell got it. They're going to retest the whole team and get those results, and we'll see tomorrow. It's possible that the Falcons will be uh, sitting out in mass tomorrow. I think it's a small possibility, but if if, there, if there's more than one test that comes back positive, uh, yeah, we might have a, a cardinal situation. Oh man. Yeah, I remember there was that story earlier in the, the off season where the Bears had all those false positives. Did you see that one? We, we oh, might yeah. have even talked about that on the show where it was like nine players on the Bears all tested positive. And then the next day it was like, no, they were all false positives. <laughs> well, that gives me and, and, encouragement. Yeah. Well, and also the Matt Stafford situation where he has a false positive, but uh, – in the meantime, like his kids got yanked out of school, banned by the school board. His wife got ostracized. People were yelling at her in the market and stuff. And uh, everything, you know, just broke down around him. And then it turned out, up, oh, false positive. Never mind. Oh, They're whoops. all good. Whoops. I'm Oops. glad that wasn't Jay Cutler that got it, man. Could you imagine? <laughs> he got the goop. <laughs> he knew but we he already, know, I already said it on the show. Last week, we know one guy on the Lions who ain't getting coronavirus, and that's DeAndre Swift. Because he ain't catching shit. That's right. <laughs> uh, it just still hurts, doesn't it? Man, it, it's, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> the wrong side, a lot of those games, they yeah. all hurt. They all hurt, especially as you start getting later into the season. And you're like, you don't you just need a couple of games to get back into it. Or we start talking about percentage points and playoff points. You're like, man, the dude would just catch the ball, right? We'd be fine. Thank God. Thank God we didn't have the Cowboys picked last week to watch that happen. <laughs> still still and, win the game, below the spread, but, oh. Yeah. So at least at least we're at least we oh we we actually did both have the Cowboys who couldn't cover, so came back yeah, for all but, that and we still lost the pick. But with that and and with the uh, with the Lions game the week before and some of these other crazies, I, I yeah. do have the perspective of always saying, "Thank God I don't gamble anymore." Because if that shit would have happened and I had real yeah. money on it, I would have thrown some things. I do appreciate the fact this week that we're both solidly on board with each other's locks. Well, that's good. <laughs> that, that's that's way better than last week. I'll say that. Again, I feel much more confident about my picks this week than last week. We'll see if that amounts uh, yeah, to anything. I don't. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear you on the show next week if it's another five. What that show's going to be like. <laughs> Uh, I, I might have to play a, a funeral dirge or something. If, uh... <laughs> the bash theme again. <laughs> or taps for myself because I'll be dead. Uh, yeah, we uh, so we got the trips planned for uh, next year. We're still, she still has not officially, even though she hasn't left the house in I don't know how long. She still has not officially declared our anniversary dead. We have the the cabin uh, out there in okay. Gatlinburg. Um, that wouldn't have you been out our... there. No, I've never been out there. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you get I've, up in the I've smokies. Heard. Yeah. Yeah. 
You won't know you're in Tennessee. It's like two like, <laughs> it's like it's like two different states once you get out past once you get past about Knoxville, different state when you're up in the mountains out there. Well, it's three different states. Uh, just uh, I've never been that far east, but just looking at the the mountains and the and the the way yeah. it looks out there, then Nashville, the big city, uh, it looks completely different than there, and then Memphis, uh, the basically the hood of of Tennessee, uh, looks completely different. It's like three different states. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she still hasn't ruled that out. We might still uh, that now if we do, <laughs> unbelievably, that would be the first time we've like seen or touched each other since March, basically. Wow. <laughs> Even though we live in the same house. It's it's um, I could I could write a book about this year. So could everyone else really. Yeah. But yeah. It's been it, crazy. It's, it's yeah, it's my been kids, that kind of year. my 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 kids. You want to talk about like the world's happiest children actually had a they each got to have a friend over today. One friend. Each. Yeah. One. And it probably felt and, like the greatest gift in the world to them. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about <laughs> kids who, you know, I'm trying to think about like when we were six or eight, you know, that would be like first grade, third grade, seeing your friends once in six months. It's crazy. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this isn't like, you know, they don't have cell phones. They don't have phones, so it's not like they can pick up the landline phone and call their friends. Uh, they have like the little messenger things, you know. I know my daughter sends you some Mm-hmm. Sometimes she's she's a ham. Like if you didn't know, she's a total ham. Um, and your son sent me a cute picture of your rug. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't you know, know what this means, yeah. but okay. That wasn't a euphemism, people. It was actually the carpet. <laughs> yes, that's. I, did, I, I didn't mean anything by that at no, all. Just saying. Uh, yeah, but just for them to actually have a friend over for a few hours, and my wife, I'm at work today. My wife, ideas. Oh, my wife's sending me pictures, and it's like I, I've never seen such big smiles on kids. <laughs> just being able to play with one of their friends—that's mm-hmm. what we've come to. And it'll be a bigger smile on my face if I actually get to see my wife. <laughs> That's yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. So I'll yeah I'll pour through all the details. I'm assuming you know I check and see what everything's all about. Run run, run it all by the wife. And yeah, it'd be it'd be, be uh, it'd be a thing. Is ten year anniversary for you guys coming up in? in well, that in that's next literally week? in the time mm-hmm. frame because right. you're looking a week after. Be a week later. Yeah. yeah, and uh, we were talking about a doing, present. We were talking about doing our our, our San Francisco sort of redo. Um, cause oh, we've yeah. always felt like we needed a redo of our honeymoon because I had horrible strep throat, uh, that whole week, which I then of course gave to my wife. Um, and so we have both ended up being just awful. You know, the, I mean, we made the most of it. We, we had as much fun as two people could who had strep throat on their honeymoon. Right. So we always wanted that. So that was our alternative for our redo. But then, yeah, with you sending me that stuff and, and you know, looking at it, oh man, that's like, that's my dream. That's why I told you about it. I knew this was, I knew it was something and you know, it's not easy, you know, with the coronavirus stuff going around yeah. and also with the, the finances of it and all of that. Um, but I wanted to let you know, you know, as soon as possible to discuss it. So that, because that's, that's a hell of a, of an expenditure. 
So I, I oh, wanted to sure. give you guys as, as much time as possible to, to figure out if you yeah. can even swing. You know, I'm looking from from the positive side, like getting flights is super cheap right now. Uh, I don't even know uh, how easy or how cheap they are. Um, they're they're cheap. Oh, <laughs> they're cheap. Oh, okay. Nobody My wants to fly know. anywhere. Uh, yeah. Nobody wants to get on a plane. Um, you know, and then I looked at the fact that like the day that the, the I was looking at the itinerary a little bit, and that the day that the boat comes back, it's like super early in the morning. Right. It, it's like six o'clock in the morning, so that would almost be something where we would be able to dock and then just get to the airport and fly home. Uh, see, there's a, a lot you got to learn about uh, cruises because you've never been on one. That's it not takes necessarily a long, it takes true. a long time to get off the damn thing, doesn't it? Yes, uh, debarkation is what it's called, and it yeah. can take a long time, uh, depending. Because I remember one year we were behind a guy, uh, and there's such a long line just to get from your room to whatever floor uh, to debark, then to get down to customs, uh, you got your stuff to declare. And then once we finally made it down that long-ass line, like an hour later, we finally get to right where we're about to declare and, and go through and the guy in front of us held everything up for a good 15 or 20 minutes because he had something he was trying to declare and there was an issue with it. And then the other issue of trying to com- uh, communicate with him about it was, I don't know what language he was speaking. It wasn't English. Oh. So yeah, everything was, it was a big mess. So there's always delays and there's always stuff that, that happens when you debark. And then yeah, I mean, it's it, not going it to take, take like a while. 10 hours. Hopefully not. That's, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> it, but but it won't be at six. You trust me. You won't be walking off the boat at six. It'll be more like or, or you if you're lucky eight. Or you end up on the plague ship out at sea and everyone's got <laughs> coronavirus. Well, now we're talking worst case scenarios. Now we're talking about that right before the first cruise that we ever took that yeah, I the, that they had oh, that that cruise yeah. with the with the 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 toilets weren't working. Uh, they had to put bags of crap out in the hall. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can't really get much worse than, than that. The only thing worse than that, that is if the, the only thing worse than that is if the boat actually went down. <laughs> oh shit! That that's more that's morbid. Titanic well, situation. You know, I'm I'm just saying. You know, it it happens. It it, it does happen. Um, some reason I'm I've never been concerned about that or or uh, being in planes. I know you're not a, a plane guy. I'm not but, a uh, no boats. I don't boats. I can handle planes. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, some reason I'm, I never get worried about those things. I figure you know I guess if it's time, it's time. I guess I don't know. Be like Kirk Cousins. But, uh, yeah, if I die, I die. Whatever. If I die, I die. Right. <laughs> or Jamal Adams, right? When he was with the Jets, said this basically the same thing. It was a little different. What was he talking about? I'd, I'll, I'd, I'd rather die on the field than anything else or something like that. It was like um, about that okay. lo- along those lines. Yeah. It's never something you'd want to think about. I, I wouldn't think, but yeah. Yeah. yeah some people like we, uh, built felt like we disagreed on a lot of games this week and it's only six again. Right. It's, it's, but, but the six that we disagree on, we had, we had very good uh, discussions and, and deep conversations. Yeah, about, which so. is funny because we didn't really disagree on many of the marquee games. It was the bad game we disagreed on. Those are great weeks. <laughs> so at least we gave ourselves some excitement for this week because it's a lot of the bad games. It's like Eagles and Bengals are what we disagree on. <laughs> and Browns and football team. Yes. Jets. Do we, do, did, you, did you take the Jets or did you take the Colts? Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, okay. 
after what they did to me last week, hell no. Yeah. Um, but no, it, I, I switched. Yeah, so we just, we disagree on a lot of the of of the like the crap games this week. I, I switched up and took the Niners after what they did to the Jets, and then you go oh, you and, jump as, off as of I them completely wagon. flip off of jump off of them now. Yeah. Yeah, that's my move. I know. That's why I'm worried about that one. <laughs> Very worried. I, I had him. I had him getting beat by Arizona in Week One. I had him taken. I had him with the Jets beating the pants off the Jets in Week Two. Now I'm going right back out east and losing to the Giants. I'm going 16 and 0, picking 49er games. Yeah, that's my goal. I've Got to have one team that I'm really good on, you know, one way or the other. Off to a great start. Uh, I'm off to a good start. I'm not. Gonna, I won't call it great yet. I know you're buttering <laughs> me up. Oh man, you're the man! Come on, so, yeah, I, that's it to you. That's it's my. Come on, doing what I, I do. I would, I would kill to be a game over five hundred right now. <laughs> that I believe. That I believe. <laughs> you know, I'm telling the truth. Come on. That part I know you're telling the truth because I know that you sit there and you look at that number and the blood boils. Oh man, five wins each of the last two weeks. Five. You flip the coin and do better than that, for the fuck's sake. Oh. Yeah, but we don't. We don't. We've got 15 more weeks before the dime comes out. Yeah, uh, I might bring it out before that if I put up another five. <laughs> Please help me, dime. Please help me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. You calling it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, next Friday for those of you that are loyal listeners and used to joining us on Saturday nights. Next week for week four in the NFL, we are making our picks on Friday night at 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern, recapping week three in the NFL, and thank you our picks for week four. God, I hope I get more than five wins for week three. But again, I feel much better about this week than, than last, so we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. All right, he is Jay. I am Dre. This has been, in much less detail, the podcast, our long football party. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week with hopefully a lot better results for me than what has been the last two weeks. Take care, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.